operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. All right, we are back and better than ever. The Conflict Revolution Podcast. As always, by my side, the Gene Kelly to my Rita Hayworth. <laughs> Steven, how you doing, my friend? I am doing very well. How are you? I am good. I am good. Didn't see that one coming, huh? It's a good combination, though, isn't it? It is, yes. Thank you very much. I will take that as a compliment. Yes, <laughs> yes. Always been a big fan of Rita Hayworth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Mm-mm-mm. what's not to like? Really? That is, mm, that is... <laughs> All woman right there. Yes. Wow. It's hard to top Rita Hayworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, I'm Rock. You can check us out at www.comicbookrevolution.com for all the news, reviews, commentary, and whatnot that's going on in the world of comics and nerd culture in general. Mm-hmm. Steven, I know you'll be posting a review for Avengers Endgame. That's right. Yes, I, I, I read. I read. I got a little preview of it. I read it. <laughs> it's a good review. Steven did a nice non-spoiler review. Yes. So we'll get that up on the website. I believe Kevin just dropped a review for Amazing mm. Spider-Man number 20. Interesting. Yep. Indeed. We'll have uh, to do the what did he think versus how did we think. Exactly. We'll, ch- <laughs> we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. You can also check us out on Facebook, uh, Comic Book Revolution. We have a Facebook page. You can mm-hmm. check us out on Instagram at The Comic Book Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at CB Revolution. You can follow me on Twitter at Rock2K's Revolution. And Steven? And you can follow me at, at President Glover. Fantastic, my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, Steven, big week this week. That's big cool. week because Avengers Endgame came out. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it because I have kids and they're jerks. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, I have had to go to two baseball games, two tennis matches, and three soccer games. Yes, wow. since Thursday. Yes, that has been my wow. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and today is Sunday. Yes, indeed. As a matter of fact, I was up early this morning, Stephen, mm-hmm. at 545 because we had a show up at the field for our soccer game at 730 for warm-ups. <sighs> wow. Just... <laughs> Just how I wanted to spend my Sunday morning. Mm. Yes. Or, and that's after having to get up at 5.30 Saturday morning, Stephen, for a baseball <laughs> game in the morning. It's just brutal. Yeah. These kids, they have no remorse, Stephen. No. They just take your schedule. They right. jumble it up and throw it away. <laughs> or as I slept until 11 o'clock no! yesterday. So. Damn it. And I'm going to see Avengers Endgame tomorrow. Oh, uh, you've already seen it once. <laughs> I'm taking my friend for his birthday. <laughs> Steven's already seen it once. <laughs> Steven, uh, for everyone, don't review it, but give it a f- uh, f- out of five-star rating. So what would you give it? I would give it 4.5 out of five. Not bad. Not bad. And of well, course, out you of know, five, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Not bad at all. <laughs> not bad. That's pretty strong. And, of course, it's, it's just slaughtering the box office. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Every time I check in, we don't know exactly what the weekend numbers are yet, mm-hmm. but... I'm checking box office mojo, and it's like it, yeah. it killed it in the opening in China. It killed it for the it's the biggest Thursday night ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just slaughtering all. They're, they're saying it's going to turn a profit in just the opening weekend. Well, uh, probably just domestically, all together, it might be a billion in a weekend. Isn't that insane? insane. If it hits one billion the first weekend, mm-hmm. Stephen. Now let's think about this. If it hits one billion the first weekend, yes. Do we reassess? We both said no way. It's touching Avatar. 
if it hits a billion this opening weekend, do you think it can touch Avatar? That's a fast See, that's, opening. That it's a fast opening. Now I will reassess. I do think it will cross two billion now. Okay. Definitely. All right. All right. All right. And all I right. wanted to because I thought this was actually a good movie. And from me saying that, yes, it's a big deal. It is. Um, that doesn't mean that nobody's gonna, nobody else is gonna like it, but me. Right. It means that I also <laughs> enjoy it along with everyone else. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, man, it's such a, it's such a tough. There's a tough month coming up in terms mm-hmm. of competition. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I think it'll it, I think it will cross Infinity Wars box office. I think it'll get close to Titanic, but it won't cross it. Cuz those movies they came out at a time when there wasn't much competition. Right. They were really like special movies, yes. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a different it, it's hard to tell. I mean, it could it definitely could but I think, you know, when your runway is littered with Pikachus and Godzillas and right. all that, it's and John Wicks. Yes. It's tough to. I agree. It's tough to, sh- to tell. I'll, I'll be interested to see if it, if it does cross over a billion, though, boy. Mm, yeah. It, it, then it, mm-hmm. it has a better shot at Avatar than I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, I was at first just like, no way. That. Just yeah. no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, this, I thought it would do well, but. I mean, to go over a billion in your opening yeah. weekend, that's insane. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, that's insane. That's it what is. It took Captain Marvel's entire run in the theater to go to a billion, <laughs> which is still good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that, 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 oh, yeah. you hit a billion. That's good. Yeah. But it took its entire theatrical run to get to a billion. Mm-hmm. Avengers does it in a weekend? That's yeah. Nobody's ever charts. done it in a weekend. Nuts. That's insane. It's insane. And Steven, which leads me to my next point. You know, it's an interesting point for Disney to be in, right? Mm-hmm. Because Iger's come out and said that after Episode Nine, Star Wars is going to go on hiatus, mm-hmm. and really, Disney doesn't know where they want to exactly how they want to pivot the Star Wars franchise, right? At the moment, they're 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 concerned. I think the oh, yeah. the I think uh, the Rian Johnson's movie really scared them to pieces, mm-hmm. and they got punished for that movie uh, when Solo came out. Yeah. And I think that and, they're concerned. Yeah, because because that's a one-two punch of bad yes. publicity. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so I think they're re- legitimately worried. Where do we go from here? And it's bad timing for Disney because at the same time the MCU is also wrapping up. Now I understand it's not taking a hiatus the way Star Wars is. I get that, but right. but to be let's be honest, this really is the mm-hmm. end of the MCU. And they're having to kick off an entirely new yeah. wave of movies mm-hmm. with without, you know, I think people people sleep on this fact because the MCU's gotten so big, yeah. but you're not going to have the star power of Robert Downey Jr. No. And Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth to power this second era of yeah. the MCU, and I think people discount how important that mm-hmm. is. Yeah, and it's not just because it's not just you know we say star power, and we know you know obviously like they're talking about Angelina Jolie for the Eternals. Sure. And that's a big name, probably bigger than any of those no three were at the beginning. But we've gotten invested in those actors and seen them grow as stars, as well as we've seen the characters grow. So that we have like we're invested in their success. Yes, and in the movies and the characters. But, and I mean, that was, when I walked out, I looked at my dad and I said, you know, 
why should I see the next one? Right. There's no reason to see the next one. And the deal they have with Sony, there's no guarantee Spider-Man's going to be in the no. second wave of MCU movies either. Mm-mm. So this second era of MCU movies, Stephen, could be movies that don't have Peter Parker, mm-hmm. that don't have Tony Stark, yep. Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. Thor, Thor, Hulk. Black Widow. Black Widow. Hawkeye. Oh, we're not really missing. Not that, really missing but. those. But, but to t- if you remove Peter Parker... Thor, mm-hmm. Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and Hulk from the mix, mm-hmm. and the X Men and the Fantastic Four are still way still. Off. Yep, you're not. No, yep, yep, yep. The X Men yeah. and Fantastic Four are still not being included. Nope. So you remove those characters from the MCU, and mm-hmm. you don't add in the X Men or mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four, and Steven, that does not leave you a lot to work with. Now yeah. I understand that they have done well mm-hmm. with lower rung characters. Yeah. Uh, they've done you know with Ant Man mm-hmm. and and with Carol Danvers, yeah, Black Panther, Black Panther. But you know, Black Panther had the obvious cultural aspect to it, which mm-hmm. powered that movie. I don't think you can bank on replicating that. I just don't, Stephen. I don't. I don't think that's so. a once in a lifetime occurrence. They're not going to make seven hundred no. million domestic. No, 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 no. That that was yeah. a once in a lifetime occurrence. Yes, and Carol Danvers benefited. I mean, let's be honest, it benefited and. Disney was smart. It it benefited from the Avengers bump. Mm-hmm. You went from Avengers Infinity War to Captain Marvel to Avengers Endgame. That's just how it was. So it got the Avengers bump. Yeah. You strip it away from the Avengers, I don't know how well that's going to do. True. Yeah. And it didn't get great reviews. No. So I don't know how well it's going to do in its second or third installment. Sure. sure. And Ant-Man, yeah. despite it doing better than we all thought, was not a, was not a was big not success. A yeah. box office. I mean, it made money for him, but it wasn't sure. a box office beast. It was no. not a box office beast. So, I don't know, Stephen. I, I, I'm not predicting Marvel to flame out and be bankrupt in the next two no. years, but I, I do not think, I, I honestly do not believe that the MCU will see, will be able to replicate the type of success they've had over the past 10 years. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. I don't no. see it. I don't see it, Stephen. No, a fan investment is never going to be as high as it is now, and I mean, honestly, if if they were to just take a break until they were ready to put the Fantastic Four and the X Men back in, I don't. I honestly don't think anybody would care that much. I would be tempted to take a break, yeah, and I would have my second era of the MCU be centered all around the FF and the X Men. Because let's mm-hmm. be honest, that the once you get past the characters in the current MCU, yeah, uh, there's not much. There's not much to. To, to work with here, okay. Yeah. If you're telling me that uh, that that the lead characters are going to be Carol Danvers and the Eternals and Miss Marvel and uh, Shang Chi and yeah. Doctor Strange, then good luck with that. Yeah, that doesn't that you're going to have a tough road to go. Uh, X Men and the Fantastic Four have the mm-hmm. next set of really good characters. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. You know, I would almost just pause it. And then really focus on getting those two franchises up and rolling. And you have so many characters. Fantastic Four, not as many, but in the X-Men, you have so many mm-hmm. amazing characters that that's the, I would just, I'd put all my focus into that. you got tons of characters to deal with right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, Definitely. my God. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting. Yeah, and they would have time to start another story. Right, exactly. But, I mean, I still think even that, like, I don't think... I don't think it's wise to try to go down this path again. Just like have them connected, but not like so connected. Mm-hmm. 
But then again, even they're doing the stuff with the the Disney Plus. Oh, these shows contain crucial story. Yeah, elements. yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. I just I don't see how that's gonna work. Um, it, it's going to be very interesting, Stephen, going mm-hmm. forward. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, and I felt if they had taken a break, then they could have gotten some of these actors to come back, right? Because they're not doing this all the time, right? Right. You know, that's right. Let them do other things. Mm-hmm. But mm. it's gonna I be don't curious. Know. They got to keep going. Yep. And and honestly. The like you said, the deal with Sony without, I think after this point it's going to be interesting because yeah. if, if Marvel's, you know, feeling a little bit of the pressure, then you know Sony might say, well, you know, maybe just give us some more money, and give us some more we'll, money. That's right, and then we'll let you have our are, our, our <laughs> character. There are no there are no <laughs> problems that can't be solved by truckloads of money, there Stephen. You go. <laughs> And who has more truckloads of money yes. than Disney? Bob Iger goes, I got this. <laughs> I'll just rummage through my seat cushions and get all the money you need. Jeff, deploy the fleet. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Stephen. Uh, before we get to the comics for this week, I just wanted to touch on the, the sale. The detailed sales chart has not come out on the Chronicron yet. It'll be out this week. But they did give us a teaser, okay? And I just, I just wanted to touch on, just real fast, it's interesting to see the teaser. So, DC... On the backs of that ludicrous ten dollar Detective Comics one thousand ten dollars. Yes, I don't give a damn how long a comic mm-hmm. is. That's ludicrous. Yes, it that is. That is a stupid, <laughs> idiotic cover price for a floppy. It just is. That's insane. Anyhow, but because of that, Stephen, mm-hmm. because of that ten dollar comic, DC for the first time won the dollar share of <laughs> March. <laughs> Not by much though. <laughs> Well, yeah. 36.2% versus 34.46 for Marvel. Hmm. Marvel, of course, won the unit share 40.94% to 34%. Uh, Marvel rolling out, you know, about 18 comics more than DC. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to note, though, Stephen, is that March was up from February. Yes, sir. It was up. Hmm. The the unit, I'm not going to look at dollar share because it's it's all skewed by when you have these $10 comics coming out. I'm just going to look at the unit share. Mm -hmm. The unit share was up uh, 9.9% from March from February. Graphic novels were up 33.41%. That's good. Wow. That's really impressive. Now, March 2019 versus March 2018, comics were down 3.32%. Graphic novels up 17.77%. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, first quarter 2019 versus first quarter 2018, comics down 7.3%. Graphic novels up just 2.03%. That's not so great. No. That is definitely not so great. The... What is also interesting, Stephen, mm-hmm. if you now again, there's not they don't have the detailed breakdowns, but Comic Con currently just has the top ten comics right. by unit. I don't know, we don't know the numbers yet. We just know by that sure. this is the order they were they sold in. Okay, mm-hmm. check this out, Stephen. Okay, this is ridiculous. This is insane, and this tells you this highlights the strengths and weaknesses for both companies, Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. Number one. Detective Comics 1000. Number two, (laughs) Batman Who Laughs, The Grim Knight, number one. (laughs) Number three, Doomsday Clock, number nine. Number four, Batman, number 67. Number five, Batman, number 67. (laughs) Do you notice a trend here, Stephen? Do you notice a trend with the top five comics? Yes. Pointy years like a bat. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to note, number six, Heroes in Crisis, number seven. So... What's interesting to see, there's, there's a lot to take away here. Now we're at the number six spot, Stephen. Mm-hmm. One through six, 
all DC. Mm-hmm. All DC. Yes. That hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> okay. Number seven, Amazing Spider-Man number 17. Number eight, Amazing Spider-Man number 18. <laughs> number nine, Spider-Man City at War number one. Uh, Steven. Um, you notice something from Marvel? <laughs> yeah, you notice a trend here from Marvel in the top ten. Yes. And uh, which character is an Amazing Spider-Man? Um, uh, Ant-Man. Uh, who, who's that tall star? Who does Amazing Spider-Man star? Um, the Spider. Who's the titular character? Of Spider-Man? Yeah. I'm sorry, you got me. What's that guy's name? Peter Parker? Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. That's right. Yeah. And Spider-Man City at War, who's who's the main character of that, too, again? Um, the PS4 Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Peter Parker again. Yeah, Peter Parker. So Peter Parker uh, is the only reason why Marvel's in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to drop my mic right here. Walk away. Please don't drop it. You don't know what's on this floor. <laughs> <laughs> number 10, Stephen, Justice League number 20. Oh, okay. So my takeaway from this, Stephen, oh, was, happy news. was DC taking spots one through six mm-hmm. and taking seven of the top 10. Yeah. Marvel is suffering the effects of their all new, all different folly. It is a cumulative effect, and it is continued, and they have had a hard time rebounding. Hmm. They've had a hard time rebounding. Now, part of it is they don't have a character named Batman. No, that is true. (laughs) Because if you take Batman away from DC, they're hosed. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) But, but, look, you got Justice League cracking the top ten. Okay. And it's not like Marvel can, you know, Marvel's depending totally on Peter Parker to power their sales. All right. Mm. So... By the way, you know, if, if there was ever, if, if Axel Alonso ever had the idea, I, I'm pretty sure Axel Alonso wanted to get rid of Peter Parker. Mm. I'm pretty sure of that. Probably, yeah. This is why <laughs> that would have been idiocy. Yeah. <laughs> you get rid of Peter Parker and you don't sell any comics. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, didn't War of the Realms debuted last month, right? I uh, debuted in April. April, okay. Yeah. Yep. Wow, we've gotten two issues already. In yes. A month. Yeah, it came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, okay. twice in April. Interesting. But yeah, it's, it's curious to see how each company is so dependent on a, a particular character. Yes. It's interesting <laughs> to see DC's really making a comeback. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be curious to see how Marvel's able to respond to it. Yeah. I don't know. When we get the detailed breakdown, we'll look more in depth how the other characters are going. Sure. But I mean, it. At the end of the day, we just may be, it may be that the market is now, you know, it's just, you make your money, D- DC and Marvel are going to make their money on just a few characters, yeah. and the rest are just going to be subsidized by those handful of popular characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it appears like. It looks like comic book readers just, they want, they want a certain of the marquee characters, mm-hmm. and there's not much interest past that, you know? Yeah. It really isn't. Hmm. I mean, this has been, a, I mean, good Lord, the, the Batman problem for DC has been going on forever. I mean, they, they've, yes. they've been entirely dependent on Batman to, <laughs> to, to carry the water for that whole publishing company for a long time. At least Marvel rotates who's their top person. You know, That's for a while it was Avengers, mm-hmm. and then, you know, for a while it was X-Men, Amazing Spider-Man. You know, at least yeah. at least they've rotated it. Whereas DC's like since the dawn of times, like, if it wasn't for Batman, we'd have been out of business by now. <laughs> okay. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I see him. This week, we're going to check out three from DC, three from Marvel. 
mm-hmm. from DC. Yes. For your enjoyment. Action Comics number 1010. <laughs> still sticking with that number in. Yeah. Still sticking with it. Flash number 69. Everybody's favorite issue. And Heroes in Crisis number eight. My God, this event is still going on, Stephen. When will it end? It's more like reviewers in crisis. (laughs) Oh, no. And from the House (laughs) of the Mouse, Stephen, we have Amazing Spider-Man number 20. Amazing. We have... The Avengers, number 18. It is a The War of the Realms tie-in issue. Just when I thought I could drop that book for a Uh, while. uh, (laughs) And last, but certainly not least, you have Fantastic Four, number nine. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I'm just going to say, we didn't, uh, it's not in this podcast, but I'm going to tell everyone, go buy Dial H for Hero, number two. Yes. Go buy it. It's only a six-issue miniseries. This comic is a bull. Last, it is hands down, not even remotely close, the best comic being published under this Wonder Comics banner, which so far has been a massive disappointment <laughs> and a massive sales bomb. Mm-hmm. None of these comics have sold well. They just, they, they, I don't, they, DC didn't check out the sales charts, but Bendis hasn't been able to sell a comic with his name alone since like Secret Invasion. Yeah. Okay. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, the Wonder Comics banner, they've not been good, and they've not sold well. Dice for Hero, that is the exception. This is fantastic. It's too bad it's just a miniseries. Yeah. That part sucks. I would love to get this to be an ongoing. I love Miguel. He's an excellent example of how you can create a cool new character mm-hmm. that anyone can get into. Yeah, He appeals to anyone. He's got that kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker-esque. Um, but he's got that kind of personality that will appeal to any kind of reader. And it is fun. The title is all about fun. Mm-hmm. It is fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. <laughs> it has it 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 really embraces what it is, mm-hmm. the wackiness of the, the H dial, the Silver Age zaniness. It wraps its arms around it. It's very <laughs> self-aware and it has fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it encourages you to laugh. It wants you to laugh. You know what I mean? It's really it's it this is such a positive bright, fun, exciting, action-packed story. It's what superhero comics should be. Yeah. It really is. It's what they should be at their heart, and it's all ages friendly, but it never seems kiddy. No. Reader of any age can read this, mm-hmm. and really, just it's just so fun. Stan Humphreys deserves all the credit in the world. He's, he's just done a great job with Dial H for Hero. Seriously, mm-hmm. Stan Humphreys, huge thumbs up. Fantastic. Also, again, showing you don't have to pair the writer with the main character. Yeah. They don't have to be the same because mm-hmm. Stan Humphreys is not Hispanic, but he does a great job with Miguel. So really, really, really like it. And, and Joe Quinones on the artwork is just killing it. I love his bright, clean lines. It's very much of a classic, you know, that classic superhero-y look, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like modern age, silver age style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got that bright, bold, da-da, superhero look to it. It just looks fantastic. It's a joy to read. I, I just, I can't recommend it enough. I really hope it does well. I would love for Dial H to get another, to get another 
title. Yeah. Like, did an ongoing. It just there's so much potential with this title. The gimmick has tons of potential as well. I, I just think you have so much fun. In this in this issue, Stephen, you have one character steals the the H dial from uh, Miguel, mm-hmm. and he turns into a Goku like character <laughs> instead of like a monkey boy. He's like a zebra boy. Yeah, but he's Goku like. <laughs> and then to fight him. Miguel gets gets control of the H dial and turns into a Full Metal Alchemist character wow. called Iron I Deadhead, <laughs> but he's basically just Full Metal Alchemist. And then they have a fight. It's <laughs> and but each time you see the character, each time they unveil a character, uh, when a character you know dials the H dial and turns into a superhero, they give you the origin mm-hmm. to the, they give you the origin to that new character, right? Right. And so they do that for the Goku character, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they get to Miguel having to fight, because the bad guy gets the H dial, turns into the Goku character. Right. Then Miguel gets the H dial, turns into the Full Metal Alchemist <laughs> character. And they start to go into his origin, and Miguel's like, no time for secret origins, and smashes the panel. <laughs> which, is very, which is very manga esque as well, you know, where characters are constantly breaking the third wall. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just, it, the title just, it, it, it wants you to have fun. You know what I mean? It wants you to have fun. And I love how Joe Canones is able to switch between a manga uh, manga style <laughs> because it looks like nice manga art to mm-hmm. his traditional and then it slips right back to his traditional American yeah. you know, style classic comic book art. Anyhow, I just had to give a quick shout out. It's 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 re- it's really good. It's definitely worth uh it's definitely worth reading. No doubt about it. Yeah. All right. Enough of that, Steven. Let's let's see. Let's start with. Uh, shall we start with hmm, DC and let's begin with Action Comics ten ten? Shall we? Sure. All right, Stephen. This issue brought to us by your favorite writer <laughs> Brian Bendis, and the art by Steve Epting. Stephen, I love Steve Epting. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I legitimately love Steve Epting's artwork. I adored his work on Brubaker's Captain America. Yes, it was brilliant. It was it was that was the perfect match of art and story. I mm-hmm. thought it was just a perfect marriage. Oh yeah, they complemented so each, each other so well. But I never once thought to myself, you know what I'd like to see? <laughs> a Superman comic drawn by Steve Epting. <laughs> those words, those words never came across my mind, Stephen. Yeah, there's a reason for that. So, Brand, Brad Anderson does the colors. Mm-hmm. The long and short of it, Stephen, begin with, uh, what's his name? The head of the DEO, Mr. Bones. Mm-hmm. And evidently, he is the sole survivor. Evidently, the DEO was just attacked and everyone was killed. Yeah. Mr. Bones survived. And we have Kate Spencer. You might know her as the Manhunter. Yep. Um, saying she's coming to talk to... Mr. Bones, and find out exactly who attacked them, who rescued them, was it Adam Strange, what's going on, mm-hmm. trying to get information. And Mr. Bones is like, look, I got powers, and I know you're not, you're not really Kate Spencer. In fact, I think you're the architect behind this whole attack. You're the architect behind the real-life Royal Flush. That's who the bad guy, the mm-hmm. Royal Flush, that's the bad guy. Right. Whatever. Um, and we see that Kate Spencer running out of the armored car where they have Mr. Bones being kept hostage. Mm-hmm. And she uh, says, he's having a heart attack. Go in there. Take care of him. And the police start to rush in there, and we see then Kate transform into the bad guy. She's she's really not Kate, so Mr. Bones is right. Mm-hmm. And then we are cut to London where we see Lois and Clark and their 
they're having a Peter Pan moment. Mm-hmm. They're having a Peter Pan moment. Bendis doesn't realize, Steven, he no longer <laughs> works for Marvel. So he can't give... <laughs> uh, you know, free press in a in a Warner Brothers own comic book to a Disney property mm-hmm. like this, but he doesn't care. No. We're having we're having. And we're Stephen, having a moment. <laughs> this isn't just like a subtle Peter Pan reference. This is like three pages. Yeah. Of I'm Peter Panning. I'm Wendy. Blah blah mm. blah blah blah. I mean, this is like <laughs> we're going on and on with it. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're both undercover. Lois has a blonde wig on and. Clark has like a a, a, a a perm in his hair. It looks terrible. He's got a perm and a beard. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? His name is Chaz. It's like I'm someone like, trying to pull something from like the 70s yes. or whatever. Oh my God, it really is. It really is. It looks like a Mike Grell drawing from the 70s. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on here? So, and they are posing as agents of Spiral. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we see them going to meet somebody. And we then cut to the Fortress of Solitude, where Jimmy Olsen is there with Amanda Waller. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we cut to the Fortress of Solitude. Amanda Waller's, like, talking to the Kryptonian AI that runs the Fortress of Solitude. Mm -hmm. It's introducing itself to her, and she's introducing herself to it. And she goes, so you run this whole Fortress of Solitude, Superman? AI goes, yes. She goes, respect. Yeah. Well, it, it, this is what I'm talking about with yeah. Bendis' dialogue, Stephen. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about. So first of all, you're a 50-some-year-old <laughs> guy from the Midwest. Okay? <laughs> That's what you are. You're a 50-some-year-old white guy from the Midwest. Yeah. You're not a teenager. No. Okay? It, it, this <laughs> doesn't work with the scene. Respect. Like, wh- what? Did... Did this stick out to you, too? Yeah. First, that's not how Amanda Waller would talk. No. It's not something you would say to an AI, a a Kryptonian AI in this mind-blowing Fortress of Solitude that you're trapped. It just... Yeah. It just... I don't understand Bendis. I don't understand... (laughs) What what is is he trying to show? He's cool? That he's hip to the kids? Uh, I don't know. I I don't get it, but he does this kind of stuff all the time, and it just takes Mm -hmm. you out of the story. You're just like, What? Drives me crazy. <laughs> Anyhow, and really, there was no point to the scene, was there, Stephen? Nothing really happens. We know that Jimmy takes some pictures of Amanda, and he, that's the, it. His, the thing was that he tells her that he he thinks that this whole thing with her being attacked was a setup to get into Fortress Solitude because he thinks that she's Leviathan, right? And then it cuts before she says anything. Yeah, it's just it's not that exciting. No. And then it's, we cut back to. Who, Lois and Chaz <laughs> meeting uh, Tiger, mm-hmm. Agent of Spiral. And we, I mean, Stephen, this is like one, two, three pages of nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so slow. It, essentially, all it is is they're meeting Tiger, and Tiger goes, you know, I think Leviathan was originally created to give Spiral something to do when business was bad. Leviathan created the same person who created Spiral, which I get it. it makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. good guy agency needs a bad guy agency to justify their existence. Yes. There you go. So the same guy who created the good guy agency creates the bad guy agency that they can fight against. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're justified in existing. Yeah. Okay. I didn't need three pages. Yes. I'm just like, really? Good Lord. <laughs> Anyhow, then suddenly, oh no, 
a giant robot attacks. Chaz rips his shirt off and flies off. Grabs the big robot, launches it into space. Meanwhile, Tiger looks at Lois Lane. He doesn't know she's Lois Lane. Right. And goes, oh, my God, Chaz was Superman the entire time? (laughs) Yes, Chaz was Superman, Stephen. (laughs) And then Superman tosses the giant robot into outer space where it blows up and... We're all good, I guess. Superman is kind of glowing blue when he comes back, like he absorbed some of the energy, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so he arrives back in it where they're meeting with Tiger. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no. Tiger's not there. Mm-hmm. Lois is not there. And that's the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. Steven. Yes. Action Comics 10. 10. Lay it on me. <laughs> um... <sighs> This is kind of this is kind of tough for me to to wrap my head around because I've overall enjoyed what they've done here. I think it's very I think it's different for Superman to have I guess a conspiracy story like this where yep. all the organizations in the world are getting destroyed, checkmate. Yes. Um, the DEO and all these other groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it's not um I mean, because everybody thinks, oh, well, Leviathan, that's Talia's organization, right? It's like, no, you're wrong. I, right. I like that that's, you know, we don't know who's behind it. Right. I like the thing with the robot. And we actually learned that because they see the robot has come down every time something's been attacked. But I didn't know that it just blew up. That it was like a bomb almost. Right. So that's kind of interesting. I thought some parts of it were enjoyable enough. Like I thought, I mean, just seeing Superman as Chaz makes me laugh because <laughs> he just looks so terrible. <laughs> yeah, he does. He really does. And, um, and I thought there were some bits like they were going over their cover story and they, it turns and there's this one page, like it's like an opening or no, it's like, it's like a cover of a fake comic where it's like Lois and Clark agents of spiral. Yes. And it's this ridiculous nonsense with Supergirl coming to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And that there's some parts like that that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the scene at the beginning with director Bones and quote unquote Kate Spencer. Yes. Um, but I mean, I think it is a little too little spread out over an issue, and I don't, I don't like that personally. No. I think that's just kind of a waste. Agreed. So I'm not sure exactly what we're we're holding for. Hopefully, it's something good. Right. But. You know, it's, we'll see. And I think it is interesting, the idea that, you know, Amanda Waller might be part of it because, of course, she's the only one that survived the explosion that took out. Correct. Um, uh, is it Checkmate or, or Project X or whatever it is? Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that, but the stuff, like you said, with the, some of the, the dialogue that she has, I mean, I get Amanda Waller not being impressed. Right. By the Fortress of Solitude. That is yes. definitely in her character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But, you know, it's just the, the respect. And then I think the thing with, like, the Peter Pan goes on a little too, goes on too long. It's like, okay, we get it already. Yeah, it was a cute nod for, like, the first panel. And then it just yeah. kept going and going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. The only thing that, that made me not hate it is, like, well, it's a, <laughs> it's a, a man and a wife who don't go and do anything like this anymore. So, of course, they're going to enjoy it. A little uh, too much, but it's not. Right. I had to. I had to like reason that out. Right. To make me not hate it. 
<laughs> it doesn't mean it's good. It's just <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. Yeah. But and um Steve Epting's art. I mean, I love Steve Epting as an artist. He's fantastic. He is awesome. Um I agree. And and they played more to his strengths in this issue because there's not a whole bunch of superheroics going on. Right. But you know, it, it is a little it is a little weird to it, see some of the it is. some of the stuff. It is. You know, it's like uh I guess I my, don't know, my but you know. I, yeah, I just I love Epting's art. I love, love, love it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he does espionage street level crime stuff really well. That's why he was amazing on Captain America's Brubaker, uh, right. Brubaker's Captain America. Mm-hmm. But this is Superman, and when you've got things like the Fortress of Solitude and otherworldly things, yeah. it, it in a big time classic superhero comic like Superman or action comics that is so mm-hmm. heavy with classic superhero themes and science fiction and things like that. Mm-hmm. His art, he's just not the first artist I would ever <laughs> pick to be on this kind of title. Yeah. It's a weird pairing. I just think it's a really odd pairing. And I, I don't agree. think a character like Superman accentuates Epting's artistic strengths. Mm-hmm. You play to an artist's strengths. Right. You know, if I, if I have an awesome quarterback who can who can do uh you know the run pass option mm-hmm. then I'm not going to run just a just a <laughs> uh you know a three step five step drop back into the pocket and distribute the ball right kind of offense you tailor <laughs> it to your talent and I think mm-hmm. Steve Epting is immensely talented and I don't think the character of Superman in his world accentuates his skill set yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's not a bad looking comic I just, no. I just I don't think it's I don't think it does a lot for action comics and I don't think it does a lot for Steve Epting yeah, it doesn't accentuate the strengths of either the title and the core character mm-hmm. or the artist. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad. No, um, I think the coloring is is bad. <laughs> I do think it's bad. I mean, Tiger yeah. for Agent of Spiral is supposed to be uh, I, I, Middle Eastern or Middle Indian. Eastern, yeah. I mean, he's he's got the the turban, the turban. So he he's either Middle Eastern or, or Indian. I'm guessing. But he's the same. He gets the same skin coloring as Lois and Clark, yeah. who are white people. Mm-hmm. Just it, 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 get get the coloring right. It's not that hard. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Just get the coloring right. It's it's you can do that. So I, I didn't think the coloring was that great, Stephen. I thought it was a bit muddy and washed out at points as well. Not really a huge fan of the coloring, and it kind of gave the issue a really a dull look overall to me. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. The story is is it's okay. It yeah. it 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 neither, it neither pleases nor offends. It's mm-hmm. okay. I think it's slow. Yeah. I think this is a slow issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, it's typical Bendis dragging his feet. You know, un- yeah. unnecessarily dragging his feet. If a scene can take, if a scene only needs one or two pages, then Bendis is going to give it three or four. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that eh, not so great. Uh, yeah, the dialogue to Amanda Waller was just just that just dumb. Yeah. The so those are the weaknesses in my. In my book, it's, it's sure. the, sl- the slow pacing and uh, unnecessary amount of filler and some questionable dialogue for Amanda Waller. What I did like, though, was and, and I agree the Peter Pan scene. Even though I thought at first the first panel, I was like, "That's that's funny. Yeah. I like it. I'm Wendy. <laughs> okay, that's good." If he ended it after the first panel, Stephen, yeah, that huge been... thumbs up because look, I mean, you're in London. You're yeah. flying by Big Ben. You're flying in the air. Uh, you can't fly, but you're flying because your husband can fly. Yes, it, I mean. If that happened to me, <laughs> I, I would be like, holy shit, I'm Peter Panning. I mean, yeah. yeah, right? 
So her saying, I'm Peter Panning, and then saying, and him and Superman going, well, technically, I'm the one. She goes, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm Wendy. <laughs> like, if he just ended right there, boom. Yeah. Funny, to the point, great. But then he has to, but, like, then just, if yeah. a little is good, more is better. More and then better, he carries man. it on till it's not funny anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, he's, I don't know if, it's, if he's at that age, now he's in his 50s, and he's got, like, dad humor where, okay, <laughs> the first line was funny, but when you keep repeating, you're going back to it. Yeah. Not so humorous anymore. You know what I mean? <sighs> but the kids really laughed at the first one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I did like, what I did like was I like Chaz. Because <laughs> 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 his look is so stupid. Yes. And I, I, I'm hoping that's intentional. Yeah. I'm hoping that's intentional. Mm. Uh, his look is so dumb. His name is so stupid. <laughs> I'm hoping all this is intentional. I mean, it has to be, right, Steven? It has, Bendis can't be playing that straight. The look and the name, he can't be playing that straight. It has oh, to be for I laughs. Don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Okay, good. Okay. I mean, just just hilarious. And Tiger was Tiger saying, Chaz, Chaz was Superman. Superman all the time? I mean, that was funny. So there are moments. There are, there are some funny moments here. There are yeah. some good moments here, too. Mm. Okay? So, uh, you know, there are the well-played moments yeah <laughs> um surprisingly enough i think bendis does his best when he's doing when he's writing superman's character yeah i think he's that's where he's I, surprisingly enough i never would have thought that yep. but I, I really like how bendis writes superman's character yes it's uh, shocking i never <laughs> thought that would happen but he, he seems to really he respects the character mm -hmm. he lets the character have his own voice at no point bendis's biggest weakness is that he wants to make Write every character. Brian Bendis as Captain America. Brian Bendis as yeah. Wonder Woman. Brian Bendis as Hawkeye. Yeah. But when he writes Superman, he writes it Clark Kent as Superman. Mm -hmm. It's like one of the few characters he does that with. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. it's really good. Yes. I re and I continue to enjoy Bendis's Superman. Mm -hmm. I like it. And I also enjoy, I mean, giving, playing, this is why I thought that it wasn't taking it so seriously as they have Lois tell him that Clark is a terrible spy because you have to lie, and that's yes. not him. <laughs> yes. It's great. It's great. Absolutely. Uh, so Action Comics 1010, Stephen, how do you grade it out? Um, I would give the writing – normally I would just give it a five, mm -hmm. but because there was stuff that I did like in it, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah, that's fair. And the fair. art, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, that's yeah. also fair. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going to go okay. – I'll give the story six Night Girls out of ten. I'll give yeah. the arc just a little bit lower. I'll go six night girls out of ten. Yeah. And I don't know if I would uh boy, it's, it's hard to say if this is if it's worth the cover price. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you're getting quite enough. I don't know. Comics are so expensive these days, Stephen, that when mm -hmm. I when I'm recommending whether someone should spend their money on a comic, right. you have to really think about what value you're getting for it. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if really much does really anything happen in this issue. Nothing really happens in this issue, no. Stephen. You don't learn anything. If you skip this issue and pick up the next issue, I don't think you'd miss anything, would you? I don't think so. Yeah, so I yeah, think you could skip this issue. I think so. I mean, the other ones, even if they had slow moments, they at least were punctuated by, oh my God, right. the EO is gone. Big reveal, yeah. right, exactly. You don't get that in this issue. No. All right, so there you go. Take that for what it's worth. All right, Stephen, next up, The Flash 69. <laughs> I'm so immature. All right. And so... <laughs> It's like a let's start. All right, where's the careless whisper? Is the careless whisper playing or not? <laughs> this issue is brought to us by Joshua Williamson doing the words, Scott Collins doing the art, Luis Guerrero doing the colors. 
Stephen, we have the trickster leading the rogues, and they are on a crime rampage, and they are just taking all the money everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and getting away with it, too. <laughs> and what gets and so I love Scott Collins' artwork. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely adore it. But then we get to this character, Copperhead, and I got so confused because the way he draws Copperhead. That's a dude if you just look at the head. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a woman with boobs if you look below the neck. And I was like, what is this character? <laughs> Sorry, Scott. You, oh, my God. You drew with a guy's face. Um, yeah. so <laughs> but anyhow, we then see that the reason why they're getting away with all the crime, Steve, is because the Flash is victim to the trickster's greatest trick. Mm-hmm. He thinks he has no legs. He thinks they've been amputated. Yep. And Commander Cold is there. Commander Cold fell victim to the same mental attack by the trickster, but he's broken free of it. Mm-hmm. Okay? He was able to focus on something. The key is you have to focus on something, right, that will snap you out of the illusion. Okay? Right. And for the Cold, uh, for uh, Commander Cold, it was, he was, he was just, uh, he was angry about being stuck in the, in, in the present Right. And it's his anger that got him to pull out of the out of the mm-hmm. whatever it's illusion, force, whatever. Yeah. Right. So we see we cut to the trickster, and he has his parents on the scene. Mm-hmm. He wants them to see that he's won. He's taken over Blackgate Prison. He's defeated the Flash. Uh, you know, Central City is in the throes of a crime spree of which they've never seen before. So this is his moment of glory. He's got the money. He's got all the power. And he asks his parents, are you finally impressed? And they're like, of course we're impressed. Of course we're impressed. Mm-hmm. And then we see the Flash following Commander's cold advice to focus his thoughts on something to, to break through the illusion, right? Right. And he focuses on happiness. Mm-hmm. He's been ignoring his feelings lately. And um, not out of anger or fear, but it's been pessimism. That's mm-hmm. been making him ignore his feelings, and he's not going to do it anymore. He can deal with everything, and that makes him happy knowing he can deal with it. So happiness, he smiles, and boom, he breaks through the illusion. And Steven, I like that. Josh mm-hmm. Williamson nails it. This is what makes Barry Allen different from the other Justice Leaguers, like right. Hal Jordan and, and even Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. Barry has always been a happier character. He's always been the most well-adjusted of all the of all the Justice League members. I always thought Barry was the most well-adjusted one. Right. You know, he always had his wife <laughs> Iris. You know what I mean? He was always like small, t- you know, nice, classic Midwest America upbringing kind of thing. He just always good career. He just always seemed like he had his stuff together. Yeah, and I like that they <laughs> accentuated that Barry is a positive character i like that because you see a lot it's so easy to go to the dark side in comics these days oh yeah it's nice to see them accentuating no barry his strength is his it's the positivity which Mm -hmm. is cool i like that anyhow we see the trickster go back to the trickster and he's decided that you know what the love and adoration from his parents is not enough he snaps on him and he goes, you guys, everything I ever did was never good enough for you all. All I ever wanted to do was make you happy. And he throws them off the top of Black Gate Prison, Stephen. What? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> and at this point, luckily, Barry Allen streaks onto the scene, shoots up the side of Black Gate Prison, grabs Trickster's parents and says, got him. Mm-hmm. And then looks at Trickster and goes, oh, 
Oh, sorry, we're not at Black Hill. We're at Iron Heights. My bad. <laughs> what am I saying? We're at Iron Heights Prison. Still got that Batman. In I know, it's still <laughs> Batman in the brain. Uh, and I like how he saves the parents and looks at the trickster. Uh, goes up to the top of the roof, puts the parents down, looks at the trickster and goes, it's a good thing we're already at Iron Heights. Saves me the trouble of taking you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nice. That's confidence for you. And so he tells... Trickster, Baron tells Trickster, you better fix this right now, because what's going on is all of Central City is in like a big riotous state. Mm-hmm. All the citizens are rioting and going crazy because they're they're affected by that same, whatever that mental attack is by the Trickster that yeah. took down Flash. The whole city's underneath it. Mm-hmm. They're all rampaging like madmen. Yeah. And so Trickster's like, I'm not stopping. Yeah. And a matter of fact, I'm just getting started. And boom. <laughs> burst of flashing lights and Trickster disappears from the scene. Yeah. Teleports away. <laughs> and then you see Barry go, game on. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at the parents. Trickster's parents goes, first, you two stay here. Try not to ruin any other childhoods, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like Barry saves people, but at the same time, he's like, I know you're dirt. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's that Barry. That, that's so Barry Allen, isn't it? Yes. It's perfect. I'm going to save you. But you're dirt. But yeah. <laughs> I'm still gonna call you out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's great. And so Barry goes, "All right, to stop the trickster. I need some help." Rushes over to where Commander Cold is, and says, "All right, you got my you got my technology." So Commander Cold, because he's from the future, right, has built this uh, little suit for Barry to wear, and so he's basically going to uh, run around the city, mm-hmm. and this little suit, the technology, is going to basically reverse all the spells that the, the spell that the trickster cast. Mm-hmm. Right. But he has to do it one person at a time. One person at a time. But yes. when you're the flash, yes. not a problem. Great. <laughs> this is look, this is very much a silver age theme here. This is a silver age gimmick. Yeah. Is it not? <laughs> the trickster has cast a spell that has put the whole city in the state of murderous riotous actions. Mm-hmm. And the only way to save it is you have to wear this, wacky technology power suit that even looks very yeah. <laughs> Kirby-esque. And you got to run around the city one by one by one. Yeah. Reversing the spell. Like, mm-hmm. super Silver Age, right? Yes. But fun! Oh, yeah. And it works. And it and it's <laughs> tailored perfectly to, to Barry Allen's skill set, right? Mm-hmm. And his strengths. And he's all throughout the city. <laughs> and, and what's cool is he's like, you know, what I like about it, he goes, I hate what Trickster did to me, what he did to Central City, created this fake happiness. I knew it was too good to be true. Happiness needs to be real. You can't force it. And he's talking about how he's pushed himself harder in the past few months, mm-hmm. past anger and pain and his failures. And he's like, I like how the physical exertion of trying to save everybody is mirroring what he's going through mentally mm-hmm. and spiritually and emotionally right. at this moment. Yeah. It's good writing by Williamson. Oh, yeah. It really is good writing by Williamson. And, of course, he succeeds at the end. Yes. Barry races through all of Central City, pushes through the pain. Everybody's freed from the trickster spell. Mm-hmm. And then Commander Cold and Barry Allen meet back up. And he says, Commander Cold says that the police wire says the Coast Guard saw the rogues take everything back to Iron Heights. So mm-hmm. that's where the trickster is going to make his last stand, evidently. Flash races to Iron Heights. And right when he gets to Iron Heights... It explodes, Steven. <laughs> they just blew up Iron Heights. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? 
that was pretty amazing. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. And the fall, <laughs> then we get the fallout of it was that uh, Blackgate was full, so they couldn't take, they couldn't take uh, uh, Warden. Wolf, wolf, yeah, from Iron Heights. So they had to send him to Bell Reeve. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. And uh, and Barry Allen got reassigned back to the crime lab, mm-hmm. which is where Barry Allen belongs. That's right. And we see Barry uh, bringing his stuff back into his crime lab, right? And there's a figure in a hood, mysterious figure in a hood. And mm-hmm. Barry's like, "Hey, this area's off limits. You're not supposed to be here." And this hooded figure goes. Crackles with green energy, and Barry recognizes immediately it's the Still Force. Mm-hmm. He goes, I, he, Barry's like, I only thought Grand Turtle had that Still Force. And this mysterious figure goes, You should no longer go forward, Barry. You got to go backward mm-hmm. for the multiverse to survive. What is to come? I'm guessing hinting at uh, the events of uh, what's going over in Justice League. Right. Uh, he goes, For the multiverse to survive, what's to come, Barry Allen? You must remember something you have forgotten. The hooded figure then blasts Barry with the Still Force. Mm-hmm. And says, "You must remember something you forgot from your past." And we cut back to the past. Barry's a teenager. He's up in his bedroom. He's hanging out. Mm-hmm. He's got all the cool stuff like a uh, 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 Alfred Einstein, Albert Einstein <laughs> yeah, poster. Einstein. Alfred Einstein, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Albert Einstein. He's got some dinosaurs. He's got a Spinosaurus and a Triceratops. He's got his little, little, uh, whatever, science kit. Mm-hmm. He's got all sorts of good, the good stuff you would imagine that young teenage Barry Allen would have. Yeah, uh, I love staring at these rooms. Like, bless this mess. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I like what I like what ar- artists will sneak in. You know, it's the year nineteen fifty six. Yeah, uh, nice. <laughs> um, anyhow, so you, young teen Barry, mom is downstairs and she goes. Hey, if you want to go to the comic book store, you have to leave right now. And he's like, "Come on, mom!" And he runs out of the room, and then you see like lightning bolts outside and you see all these uh, figurines of the Greek gods with Mm -hmm. Mercury being in the middle wearing the Jay Garrick flash hat. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, it says next issue, flash year one. Stephen, I am all over that. Joshua Williamson. (laughs) Joshua Williamson giving us a flash year one. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Yes, please. Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, we're at the point now where I'm putting Joshua Williamson Right up there with Mark Wade and Jeff Johns mm-hmm. when it comes to the Flash mythos. Yeah, are you there yet? Are you at that point yet? Or I not was, quite there. I was there back in Flash War, man. Okay, so you're mm-hmm. ready to put him up there because I mean, let's be honest, Mark Wade, Jeff Johns. That's that's <laughs> yeah, high praise. It is. That's high praise because Mark Wade with not with Barry but with Wally. Sure. There was no better. No. At all, and until Jeff Johns uh, wrote the Flash, Mark Wade's Flash was. Yeah. The, that was. Pinnacle, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, uh, and I think Josh <laughs> Williamson deserves to be right there with those two guys. I he's definitely agree. earned a spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he has nothing to uh, nothing to be ashamed of at all. No, definitely uh, not. Flash number sixty nine. Stephen, what'd you think? Um, I mean, it's it's just. Sixty. I can't believe after sixty nine issues, it's still as good as it is. I know it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's just mind blowing. I don't. I don't yeah. know. How, I don't know how it he's really been able. Is. How has Josh Williamson been able to do it? It's. <laughs> it's. It, it. He. He deserves all the praise in the world. Yes, I, he does. I, I'm surprised he's been able to keep it up. Mm-hmm. And he's wow. and no signs of slowing down. No. At all. That's the kicker. It just keeps <laughs> getting better and better, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I guess <sighs> with the Flash, I guess there is so much that has come before characters, yeah, ideas, yeah. Um, the Flash mythos are pretty amazing. Yeah, no doubt. It is no doubt. And so I, I just really liked that. You know, we had the stuff with the trickster coming back. We saw his origin. We saw, you know, it was it was painted like a big deal when we found out he was still alive. Yes. And for me, having not read all the older stuff with him, mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay, you know, I, you, I recognize the name. You had no real connection name. with James Jesse. Yes. Like I, me. Yeah. Right. I recognize the name. I was right. Like, okay, I recognize the costume because I've seen it before. Sure. But I was like, oh, okay, well. You, you only know. knew the younger trickster. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. The one that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. I've never been a, I've never been a fan of the younger one either. And so to be able to get here to this point to see well, especially after that origin and seeing that he actually that he won, he beat the Flash. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. that was I felt kind of happy for him. I was like, yes. you know, wasn't that weird how you you actually Yeah. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> big Barry Allen fan, he's like one of my favorite characters of all time, but mm-hmm. I was Joshua was maybe so invested in the trickster's character yeah. that you were like, man, mm-hmm. you started to empathize so much with the trickster that you 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 wanted him to win. Yeah. And you felt some satisfaction at the end of this issue where he got his one up, he he won up his parents, mm-hmm. totally won up his parents. Yeah. Put them in their place. Yes. <laughs> beat the Flash. Yeah. Blew up Iron, Iron Heights, Heights and got away with all the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ah. he effectively got one up everybody who had ever wronged him ever. Yeah. In his life. Yes. <laughs> do you know how rare that is in comics when a villain gets to do that? Uh, that that's how you that's how you get a character over with readers though. Yes. Because now Trickster has gone from a joke <laughs> character to like oh damn, mm-hmm. he 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 did it. Yeah. He he beat he won. He literally beat everybody and won. Yeah. Like everybody, they made a point of him saying, "I beat Warden Wolf." Mm-hmm. You said I couldn't do it. Yep. I beat you. Mm-hmm. I beat Flash. I beat my parents. Yep. I beat the other rogues. They're all working for me now. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, it was like it was phenomenal what he did with James Jesse's character, mm-hmm. and, and was... to see him totally just totally get a strong win mm-hmm. over everyone. Yes. Wow, that's mm-hmm. how you build up a character. Oh yeah, and, and make him a big villain. And he and to never he never broke a sweat. No, he knew no. that he had it, mm-hmm. and that's that's fantastic. I think that's that's always the character. That's that's a character thing with him being. That's always a character. I feel like like that's always what they wanted the Riddler to be. But he yeah, always but right. he has to lose yes. to Batman. Yes, this is like you know, it's In, it's it's kind of. It's awesome, it, you know? It, in pro wrestling terms, uh, Joshua Emerson booked Trickster strong. Yeah. He booked him <laughs> real strong. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt. But, I mean, it's great because you really get, I, we really got invested in the character. You, someone new to the character, yeah. really got invested in James Jesse. And me, someone older who's always liked him but had to admit that he has always been kind of a joke. Yeah. Uh, was Really excited to see Williamson take a character and add a lot more depth to the character, a mm-hmm. lot more meat on the bones. Yeah. Give the character some real stakes, honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and get the reader so invested in that character. And, you know, I, I maintain some of the best superhero comic books, some of the best superhero mythos. Mm-hmm. It's not 
because of the uh, it's not because of the protagonist. It's the rogues gallery. Yeah, it's the villains. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have villains that can get readers excited, mm-hmm. if you don't have you know villains that get the reader invested in the villain, in their emotions, in their desires, in their wants and needs, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a truly good story. No. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and I think the greatest, the greatest mythos, the greatest stories, the greatest superhero stories—they're all because of the villain. You know, yeah. And I think I think Winston gets it that the Flash's Rogues Galleries are classic mm-hmm. and iconic, no doubt. But a lot of them are pretty much punchlines. Yeah, they're kind right? of silly on their face, you know? right? And this is a good way to get them over, mm-hmm. legitimately. Yeah. Over as real threats, mm-hmm. you know, and making them more complex. Yeah. At the same time, mm-hmm. I, just, I, I really appreciate it. I mean, I really appreciate that kind of, that you can pull off that kind of character work, yet still give us a story. Steven, this, this story had tons of action, mm-hmm. a ton of action in it. Oh, yeah. You know, super totally. fast paced, mm-hmm. like crazy fast paced. Yeah. <laughs> but awesome character work at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool when you can do that at the same time. Yes. Absolutely. I, it was just, I mean, and the, especially the thing with the parents, when he dropped them and flash caught them, I had the autonomic reop- reaction of, oh, <laughs> why did he have to catch them? <laughs> ah, he should have let them go splat. Yes. They deserve it. <laughs> he, they absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, and the stuff with him and um, with just his, his work with Barry Allen as well, I really like. I mean, I've loved what he's done with the character. He's made him more. Let's. I mean, let's be honest. A real character. Yeah, I agree. His, yeah. He's given him his his flaws and his, yep. um, you know, other other detrimental things. And I like that he had to physically push past them as well as mentally push past them to save everybody. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the end, what happens? The whole suit breaks apart. Because yes, he's been running so fast. Yes, I love that. It's such a. Oh. A cliche, but it's amazing. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. And um, it's and it's it's just very fascinating to me. This whole this whole experience, how this works. I love that. You know, I, when Iron Heights blew up, I was I was thinking like, wow, Iron Heights has been such a staple oh in all God. these stories. Yes, and now. Is it's gone. Like, it's like its character arc has ended. <laughs> yes, I mean Iron Heights and and Warden Wolf. I mean, very, yeah. very, very important roles in the Flash mythos for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Really have been. Yeah. And yeah, that was the whole the way that Josh Williamson tied up everything with this because this is the end of the story arc. Mm-hmm. The way he tied everything up was so seamless. I mean, yeah. he just pulls everything together. The way that the trickster mm-hmm. gets his revenge on everyone and then makes his escape, the destruction of Iron Heights, the jailing of Warden Wolf, Barry Allen having his inner um, awakening moment about mm-hmm. what he's been going through the past several months yeah. and how he needs to just reevaluate how he how he looks at the world and mm-hmm. needs to embrace genuine happiness more. And... Yeah. and Returning him back to the crime lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything. This is amazing plotting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just... He, Williamson sticks the landing. Yes. He sticks the landing. Yeah. I mean, he got the gold medal. I mean, bam! He, he just nails the landing on this. Yeah. Everything comes together so seamless. But 
logical mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's brilliant plotting. It's it's he's got such good long range vision, doesn't he? Yes. He's got yeah. amazing long range vision and he can handle so there's so many different plot lines going on here, Steven. But he just handles it with like no big thing. Like yeah. he can spin, you know, five different plates on five <laughs> different poles without even breaking a sweat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's impressive though. Yes, it is. Very impressive Absolutely. plotting. So yeah. Uh, I I can't praise it enough. If people aren't reading the flash, they they need to hop on. I don't know what yeah. you're waiting for. I think this is the tile, Steven, that that would appeal to just if you like just mainstream superhero comics, you're going to like The Flash. Yeah, I agree. Don't you think? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what do you think of the artwork? Um, it's it's Scott Collins. I love yeah, it. Except what, for what that, you ask for? Except for that, um, oh, that, man with, that man with boobs. That was weird, <laughs> wasn't it? I was like, dude, you know it's a female character, right? Because you totally drew a dude. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, other than Scott that, Collins, he's great with the Flash. Yes. Always is. He 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 draws speedsters like very few artists can, right? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, how do you grade out Flash 69? Um, I will give the writing, you know, I'll give the writing a nine. I really thought this was a great, a great ending to this arc. And it was, it was just great to see. I thought it was great to see James Jesse win. Yes. And it's not often they can make you root for the villain. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll give the arts, I'll give the art and an eight. Damn, Steven, you're stealing my grades. Oh. You're stealing my grades, my man. Because <laughs> uh, I'm doing the same thing. Nine night girls out of ten for the story. Eight night girls out of ten for the art. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Big thumbs up. And I'm really excited to, to for the for the next issue. <laughs> I'm really excited for his uh, for uh, flashier one. Yeah. You know it's gonna be good, right, Steven? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know it's gonna be good. All right, my friend. Let's wrap up DC, shall we, with the big daddy this week? Oh no. <sighs> yeah. Oh no. Steven's favorite comic. Heroes in Crisis number eight. This issue, Stephen, brought to us the words by Peter King. Mm-hmm. The artwork, a bit of a, a bit of an artwork by committee with this. Uh, kind of like how it's been through the, the entire run. Um, yeah. With swapping artists out here and there, everywhere. Anyhow. <laughs> they just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Even the artist, even the artist needed a break. Yeah. Um, anyhow, the, so sorry. All right. So we got Tom King doing the words, Mitch Garads doing the art, along with Travis Moore. Mostly Mitch Garads. Travis Moore only does about three pages in this issue. The colors are also done by Mitch Garads. Mm-hmm. All right, Stephen. This issue begins with Barry. Sorry, Barry. Oh my God, Wally West. Uh, talking Swerve. to this. Oh, <laughs> it was really Barry Allen the whole time. Uh, so it starts with Wally West talking to the sanctuary camera, and you can tell it's after the attack because there's like blood in the wall, right? Right. And he, he's like, "Name's Wally West, fast man alive. This is my confession." That's the first page, Stephen. A whole page of just Wally introducing himself to us. Like, Tanky, why do you have to take something and stretch it over an entire page? It's like, oh, oh it's so bad. And then we get what? One, two, three, four pages, Stephen, mm-hmm. of just the various people who were at the sanctuary, just like standing right. around, like just whatever, just doing whatever, mm-hmm. while Wally narrates how I was there to recover. Well, maybe not to recover, but I don't know. I was trying to get over whatever was bothering me. Well, the problem is I was feeling alone, and uh, you know, that's my problem. 
I, I, I was felt alone, and, and I went to Sanctuary to, 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 you know, feel better. And it's like, at any point do we get anything new, Stephen, <laughs> that we haven't gotten time and time again? We knew Barry was – we knew Barry. I'll be calling Barry. Oh, my God. I should not have reviewed The Flash before reviewing this issue. Uh, we knew Wally was feeling alone. We knew he was missing his family. Yeah. We've been told this how many <laughs> times now, Stephen? I mean, we knew this before Heroes in Crisis when Joshua Williamson was writing The Flash with, the, with Wally on it. We, mm-hmm. we knew it then. Yeah. It's like, what, what, what was the point of these four pages? Plus the first page where he just introduced them. So five pages, Stephen. Yeah. What, what did we get in those five pages? Was there – any reason to read those five pages? No. I mean, <laughs> dang. In this day and age when comics cost them so much money, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous, isn't it? Anyhow, so then we cut to Wally racing through the Speed Force, right? Mm-hmm. And he's saying how like he began to feel like Sanctuary was just made up just for him. Why would he think that? He saw other people. Steven, in prior issues of this very miniseries, he saw other people in robes. Remember in robes with the with the the psycho pirate style <laughs> mask <Yeah>. on, <laughs> he saw other people wearing them, mm-hmm. and was given one himself, and was told you're going to see other people. They, they can wear them or not. It depends. People like their privacy. They, they, the whole point of this is anonymous mm-hmm. is very important because we're all superheroes and nobody can find out what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? So uh, being anonymous is a we put a premium on that. Mm-hmm. So while he sees other people, well, he's not insane. That's, that's, I guess my point is we've established. Joshua Williamson did a great job establishing that, yes, Wally is upset that his wife doesn't remember him. Mm-hmm. He's lost his family, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yes. But at no point from DC Universe Rebirth number one mm-hmm. till Heroes in Crisis number one. And he appeared consistently in Joshua Williamson's The Flash. I mean, consistently. Mm-hmm. At any point, was he portrayed as utterly schizophrenic? delusional, detached from reality. No. He was just sad because his wife didn't remember him. So now we're to believe that despite being shown that there are other people here wearing the mask, mm-hmm. that he's now somehow decided, I'm the only one here. And Sanctuary was actually built just for me and me alone. And there's no one else here. And then we see him still running through the speed force and he decides, well, I decided that Sanctuary deletes all the information immediately and disperses it in like a billion different locations, whatever. So mm-hmm. you can't, it would take a normal man uh, like a billion years to try to gather all the information and put it back together again. Mm-hmm. But for the fast man on the universe, it takes him just a few seconds to get all the data, right? <laughs> and so Wally got all the data together mm-hmm. and then viewed everything. Mm-hmm. And so he saw every confession of every hero, every accident, every horror, every fear, everyone. And in an instant, he experienced the totality of a thousand heroes in crisis. And for an instant, I wasn't alone. It broke me. Stop. Pause. <laughs> a, A, he's not so delusional that he would think he's the only person in the sanctuary. He's not been written that way. B, even if he was, the second that he confirmed that there was data of other heroes in existence... Why wouldn't he just stop right there? Mm-hmm. You've now confirmed that there are other people there. Why would he recreate it and then view it? That makes no sense. His mm-hmm. only reason for even looking for the data was because he wanted to make sure he wasn't the only one there, mm-hmm. that it wasn't created just for him. Once he found out 
oh, there were other people here. There is data for other heroes at Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. I'm now done. This is a legitimate facility. Mm -hmm. I'm now done. I've answered my question. There'd be no reason for Wally to put it back together again and be no reason for him to view it. No internal logic. There's no logical reason for it. It's not... Wally's certainly not someone who would he's he's a he's always been portrayed as the most classic stand-up superhero mm -hmm. there is. And he would for sure never invade anyone's privacy ever in a billion years. That's not his it's never been his character. Mm -hmm. And if his only question is, Am I the only one here? It's immediately answered when, yep, there's data for other people that were here. I'm done. So there's there'd be there's literally no logical reason for him to have done this. Mm -hmm. For him to have recreated it and then viewed it. Am I going insane here, Steven? No. I don't think so. Did you have that same kind of thought at this point? When you uh, were at this point in the comic, did you have to? Did you stop and go, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. Well, the thing about him um, seeing everything, I thought was like, why? Why would he do that? Is I mean, if once he saw that it there, even if even if the files didn't say file on Gronk or whatever, when he saw that there was another person there, I feel like he would go, oh. Okay, wouldn't have to go through all of it. That's not right. make any sense. Right, exactly. Yeah. So then we see him racing out of the sanctuary mm -hmm. into the field, and him doing that triggered the mercy alarm that we've been seeing in all the prior issues, right? Mm -hmm. And so, of course, all the other heroes come out of sanctuary. Yeah. Well, now Wally starts talk, talking about how what people don't know, what you don't know about the Speed Force, what speeders don't tell you is that. It's not just the greatest gift, it's also the greatest burden that you have to fight to control it every second of every day. You're pushing back at something. You're making sure the world's most dangerous weapon stays put. It stays inside of you every second of every day. Steven, again, I, again, I, I, I have been reading The Flash since I was born, just about. Mm -hmm. And I would submit that when it comes to The Flash, you go to, for, for experts on the Speed Force, Mm -hmm. You would go to Mark Wade. Yeah. He's pretty much kind of like the father of the Speed Force. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Jeff Johns, mm -hmm. who's done an admirable job working with the Speed Force on the heels of Mark Wade. Mm -hmm. And then Joshua Wimson, who's done a brilliant job fleshing out the Speed Force even more mm -hmm. after Jeff Johns. Yeah. Has it ever been shown to be something that is this rabid, pitbullish, unstoppable, all-consuming force that is yearning to burst out and kill everyone at every second of the day. No. I, 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 again, Stephen, you, 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 <laughs> I, I get you got your story to tell, mm -hmm. but you have to play by the rules of the universe that your story is set in. Yeah. And this has never been how the Speed Force has ever been portrayed. Mm -hmm. So when you spring it on the reader out of nowhere, it makes no sense, and it seems like a super convenient excuse for what's about to happen next mm -hmm. because what happens next is for that one second after seeing all that hurt he lost control of the speed force and you see the speed force coming out of him like lightning and killing everybody mm -hmm. again this is a rendition of the speed force that is utterly completely counter to any other version of the speed force i've ever seen in my life yeah. if this is the case barry allen could be wouldn't need the justice league <laughs> he'd be taking out everybody He'd just be like, Whoop, and everyone's done. Yeah. I mean, th this is ridiculous. So now we have Wally West. At this point, he's now the murderer. Mm -hmm. Now, pause the story again, Stephen. What is your reaction at this point? Um, well, at this point, 
in the issue, I was, I said, huh, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> ha, <laughs> well, I mean, at the, well, at, up to this point, there was just so many, like, really, that's, that's what you went with, you couldn't have had a, um, you know, when you do these events, sometimes, you know, you want to be a good player, a team player, right. and rep your other people's stuff, like, say, well, sure. Ever, if if you want to just say, well, ever since I broke the the speed force and I've had a hard time controlling it, that would have made more sense. Right. That it that it's just him. It's okay. not just every speedster in the universe right. has that problem. Right. And then you could have put, oh, see the flash war, blah 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 blah. Right. Um. But no, they just went for the the speed force. Apparently, sucks all the time. <laughs> sucks all the time. <laughs> and then. My next, my reaction to him killing everybody was, it was, honestly, it was, oh, so what must have happened is that somebody survived and set it up mm-hmm. to, like, protect him, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. That's obviously what has to happen, mm-hmm. because it was obviously an accident, correct? Right. right. Well, you turn the page, Steven. Yes. And what does Wally do after becoming... Officially becoming, let's be honest, uh, DC can spin this, Tom King can spin this, all this want, but now Wally West is a mass murderer, mm-hmm. p- period, end of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's hard to walk characters back, mm-hmm. Steven. It's hard, just ask uh, Hank Pym's character. And that was an artist's mistake. Yeah. That wasn't even part of the story. That was an artist's mm-hmm. mistake, okay? <laughs> it's been hard to walk back hitting uh, Janet Pym. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, sorry, Janet Van Dyne, she wasn't Pym at the time. Uh, anyhow, or she was Pym. She never took his last name, though, but they were married. Yeah. Anyhow, huh. why am I getting off the track here, Stephen? My God, <laughs> what's wrong with me? And so, anyhow, he, he, to, now he's, he's, he's officially a mass murderer, right? Mm-hmm. We can agree on that. What does he do? He now engages in a criminal cover-up, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Yes. He now realizes that Booster Gold and Harley Quinn are still inside. Mm-hmm. Better than being a criminal, engaging in criminal cover-up, Stephen, he now purposely victimizes two people. Yeah. Because he speeds super speed, races, grabs Booster Gold, puts him back in the hologram room, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Harley Quinn, races and puts her back in the hologram room, programs the holograms to make it look like he's dead. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then, so they, they, they make it look like that everyone is dead and he makes it look like he programs Booster's Hologram room to make it look like Harley is the killer. Yeah. Programs Harley's hologram room to make it look like Booster is the killer. Mm-hmm. So, criminal cover up and mm-hmm. basically mind raping two innocent people. Yeah. Couldn't have had it just be. Now I'm gonna pause the story against Steven. Yeah. Now how do you feel? He's not just a mass murderer. He now is engaged in criminal cover up and mind raped two innocent people. Well, he definitely. Because when he when he killed those people, I said, okay, there's an easy way to spin this. And actually, it's in there. It's right in there. It's mm-hmm. It was, he he lost control. It mm-hmm. was an accident. He mm-hmm. didn't mean to kill anybody, mm-hmm. but he did. Mm-hmm. Now he seems like a mass murderer. Now <laughs> he seems like a criminal of some kind. Now he seems like a sociopath, doesn't yes. he? Yeah. This is what a sociopath does. Yeah. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. this is exactly the kind of behavior of a sociopath. Yeah. Through and through. Yeah, this reminded me of... 
of what happened the very first issue of the very first Civil War when the New Warriors fought that whoever nitro and he, blew, and he blew up the school yeah. and killed all those kids mm-hmm. now they didn't mean to kill all those right. all those kids but it still happened right. so it's still their fault right and that's i had i had hoped that that was where they were going to go mm-hmm. but then they didn't do that no. they this is like if the new warriors like started spreading people's bodies all yes. around yes or, and mind wiping people yeah or making <sighs> two no names feel like they were the ones that did it yes. or something like that. That's just, that's not only extra, that's ridiculous. Yes. To think that, I mean, I can't even think of just random super criminals who would think to do all that. Yeah. You it, know, it takes a real sociopath to pull that off. Yeah. Then after doing that, he, while he borrows some of uh, boosters tech, <laughs> I love, I love how slapdash this is. This is the laziest yeah. of writing Steven. This mm-hmm. is what, this is what King tells us. Yeah. While Harley and Booster were watching, or living, what I programmed them, I tried to borrow some of Booster's tech. We had a backup device. He had a backup device, so when I tried to steal it, his shield went up. But I had speed, which meant I had time, so I disabled the shield. Then using Booster's tech, I traveled five days in the future. Stop. How lazy. I borrowed some tech. Like, this is just like an outline. I borrowed some tech, and <laughs> it was a backup device. Like, it's just a device. I don't know. It was, it's, it was a widget. I borrowed this widget, and this Whatchamahoodle had a shield. I disabled the Whatchamahoodle shield and used the, the what's my hammer to go to the future. Like, really? Is this not the laziest, sloppiest? I mean, see, Steven, was that not super lazy, sloppy? Like, that, that's like what, those are like rough notes that you would put in a manuscript before you wrote the scene. Yeah. He's going to steal a device and use some tech to do this. I'll come back to that scene and write it later. Like, that's just a placeholder in my notes to actually write the scene, though. Doesn't yeah. that feel like your rough notes for the scene? <laughs> and he just accidentally just published the rough notes instead of actually writing the scene? <laughs> I mean, right? But yeah. I, yeah. And that's, yeah. since when does Wally need tech, tech to, to go, go through to the, future. the future? He can travel through time using the Speed Force. This was the thing, because I remember back when this first started, Yes, they were like, well, obviously they can go back in time, right? And someone said no, because of what happened to the Speed Force in the Flash War. Speedsters can't go back in time anymore, because they broke it and whatnot. Now, of course, they decide to, to bring this up, and that's why... Well, they don't explain that that's why he has to use the time travel tech. Uh-huh. They just have him use it, because... Whatever. Why not? Right. Um, once again, not being a team player. No. Thank you. Right. Right. <laughs> and once again, it doesn't have to be a big drawn out thing, just a sentence or two. Right. And we decide not to do that because we have we have pages to fill. Yes. Yes. So let's All just right. Throw it in there. Why not? So as we move forward, unpause <sighs> it. As we move forward, mm-hmm. he while he travels five days into the future where he yeah. finds himself standing in a field of flowers with poison ivy next to him. Future Wally says, there's a, fl- there's a flower floating in the Gotham River, a rose, find it, plant it. It's one more thing. And current Wally says, is that it? And future Wally says, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then current Wally Kills future Wally, but the panel doesn't really tell you he kills him. It's hard to tell from the panel, Steven. It looks like he just runs behind future Wally. Yeah. But you can't 
I, you don't, I, I don't know. Okay. And then, so pause, pause it again, Steven. Mm-hmm. Present Wally has now killed future Wally. Yes. Your reaction. Um. Well, I mean, it was it was obvious that that was what had happened because, like, okay, how else is a body that's five days old get here? It's like, okay, okay, great. Thanks for thanks right. for letting us know that. Right. Um. I guess. I, I I guess. So we then cut back to Sanctuary, where Wally has now in the sociopathic. Mm-hmm. manner, I mean, in great detail, Stephen yeah. has laid out the crime scene to make it look like either Booster or Harley could have done it. Mm-hmm. And put future Wally's body next to Roy's body. Because it just felt right. It just seemed right. Yeah. Not... Like arranging dolls in a, in a child's room. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then at super speed, he raced Booster out of the, out of the hologram room and placed him in the field. And Booster then ran off. Yeah. And so then once Booster ran off, he, while he quickly placed Harley in the field mm-hmm. from the from the hologram into the field, and she uh, was able to... Who does that? I, 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 I know. I know. <laughs> and, and she was able to uh, God. see that Booster left and, and track him. Mm-hmm. And then while he goes back in and writes all the puddlers are dead stuff, whatever. Yeah. On the wall, and then sits on the front porch steps of Sanctuary with a, one of the Psycho Pirate style masks there and leaves blowing by and whatever and blood everywhere, and proceeds to give us the definition of a puddler, <laughs> which, by the way, Stephen, we had already gotten from Batman back in Heroes in Crisis number yes. one, so I'm not sure I needed to be told the definition of a puddler. Looks like a time. Mm-hmm. Taking up. By the way, Stephen, an entire page. Yes. Wasted for that. Mm. I'll pause the story again. Yes. What is your what, what are you thinking at this point now? You've now seen him come back, do an elaborate crime scene setup, do what he did to Booster, do what he did to Harley, write the stuff on the wall. What do you think? <sighs> Give us the definition of the puddlers. I I mm. <laughs> I there I don't I don't have I don't have words <laughs> to describe how how this makes me feel inside. It's not positive. He gets even more criminal with this scene. The, 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 even more criminal. Yes, it's he just even more sociopathic than before. Yeah, does this, but but no, but you saw on that one page he was crying. Right. He was crying. Yes. He was crying because he's, his character is being ruined by <laughs> by this event. <laughs> Yes, yes, it's just awful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then I would say so. <laughs> and then the last page, Stephen, is is Wally talking to the sanctuary camera again mm-hmm. after the murders, and he goes, uh, "Their bodies, Booster, Harley, their fight, the puddler. It worked. Everyone's distracted. Made everyone focus on the murders that weren't, the suspects that didn't. And meanwhile, despite what I'd done, I was free." See, it gave me time. It gave me five days. Five days from the moment I lost control. Five days until I'd come and kill myself. Five days. Five days. Five days for me to do something as good as I'd done bad. Five days, Miss Lane, for me to finally tell the truth. I'm gonna, it's the end of the issue. I don't have to pause it. But before I get <laughs> your take on the whole damn 
mess. Steven, again, why? Where is the internal logic in the story? Why would Wally go through the ridiculous and elaborate criminal cover-up and mind-wiping and mind-raping of two innocent people to then just... Confess. Confess to it all! Yeah. And send it to Lois Lane! That doesn't make sense, Stephen! Either you're going to confess or you're going to do the massive criminal cover-up, but you're not doing <laughs> both! That literally, Stephen, makes zero sense. Like, zero. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell's up with that? <laughs> um, Where's the logic? Explain it to me. I have no idea. And which is funny because apparently the only good he did for five days was, oh, I think I'm just going to bring Poison Ivy back to life yep. somehow. Thanks. Um, okay. Um, how about <laughs> not kill everybody? World hunger or something. <laughs> how about you do that while you're at it? That should be fun. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get that. It uh, makes it made no sense. No sense. Thank you. Yeah, it was nonsensical, completely and totally. And now I'm as I'm confused on the timeline because, okay, how long has it been since this happened? Because he kills himself in five days, right? But I could be easily forgiven for thinking that the events with like Superman and Batman trying to figure it out has taken place over like a couple of weeks. That was my impression. Evidently not. So time is compressed. <laughs> really compressed. I, I guess so. And it's like, um, I don't think you need to shoot a video to <laughs> confess. You could just go, go to Lois and say, "I hey, did it." Hey guys, I did it. Yeah. What? But... So that's Heroes in Crisis number eight, Stephen. The penultimate issue, my friend. We only have one issue left. Thank God Almighty above. Yeah. Only one issue left, Stephen. Heroes in Crisis number eight. What did you think? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> if this had been any character other than, if this had been any character other than Wally West, I probably just would not have have cared at all. It's right. some convoluted, stupid explanation of something that you know whatever it's I, I don't care anymore nobody cares anymore oh, it's been, it's, this has been so slow yes. and boring and dull that mm. the reader doesn't give a shit by the time we get to this moment that, and that's, yeah. that's even if he delivered a good reveal the reader doesn't care anymore you yeah. don't care there's no urgency you have been so beaten down by by uh, seven just mind-numbingly slow and boring issues that yes. you're like, I could care less. Just make the droning pain in my head end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it reminds me, because back at the beginning, of course, everyone was like, oh, this is identity crisis all over again. Nope. And <laughs> Definitely <yeah>. not. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say no, and I know people have this get stupid angry over that book, but I liked Identity Crisis. I liked it. I liked it too. I really. I liked guess you it. and I are the crazy people, Steve, and I really I liked guess. it. I thought it was good, but 
I'm I not mean, saying I want every story to be like that. Oh, Don't sure. get me wrong, but yeah. I thought Identity Crisis was a really well written, emotionally laden, powerful story. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I agree. This is not. No, no. <laughs> uh, the the weakness with Identity Crisis was that I thought the the solution was a little a little cheap. A yeah, little, a little bit of a cheat. Yeah, yeah. And true, but. They had everything else backing it up, yes. and the reaction to it, yeah, yeah, to what the reveal was, yep. was very powerful. Yes, but this doesn't have any of that. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Because Identity Crisis was what, like six issues? Yes. And so, okay, so we're now we're two past that. Yeah. And it's just been there's no urgency, zero. There's no mystery really. Nope. Because, nope. Nope. And I, I'm, I'm sorry. Wasn't this supposed to be about? Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman? I'm... That's what I thought, but evidently not. That's what was advertised. Correct. So now we've had um, two issues with Wally just standing around doing nothing. Yes. Um, I mean, I guess we get the the reveal, which is Uh, new information, I I guess. I guess. That's really the only new information, but it's done in a... The problem is... Like you said, there's no sense of urgency in this entire no. story. And the bad thing is the reveal, Stephen, in this issue is done in a passive manner. It's done in the past tense. Yeah. And everyone will tell you, I mean, any creative writer, any creative writing class you ever take, any teacher will tell you the first thing you, you don't want to do is tell a story in past tense. It robs the story of all of its motion and energy. Mm-hmm. It, it robs it of its action, of its urgency, its immediacy. It's mm-hmm. all gone. And this is all done in past tense, flashback. It's It's narrated. Yeah, and then done in flash. It's very boring way to do it. Mm-hmm. There, so you, you miss the excitement, and, and that's as a result of the initial mistake of starting the story when they did. Yeah, yeah but you know, they, they, they that was their initial mistake of starting it after the murders. Yes, that was the first mistake, and so this reveal here doesn't have much. It is done in a very, a very. Uh, passive manner mm-hmm. and a very dull manner, yeah. which is quite fitting with the other issues, I guess, of, of being a very dull and slow story. I guess it fits. And, and it, you're right. Even this issue, there's never a sense of excitement or urgency even in this issue. It all mm-hmm. feels... Because narr- Wally is narrating it, so it makes even the big reveal feel very just a matter of fact. It, mm-hmm. it, there's no There's no emotion. Yeah. At all. And that's a problem. It's been the problem since the beginning. And this issue, too. There's zero emotion in this issue. Mm-hmm. I feel like, Stephen, that there is some type of... That, I don't know how to put it into words. I, I, I wish I could <laughs> like, paint a picture. Or It's kind of yeah. like... You ever see a movie... Okay, it's like a Stanley Kubrick movie. Right. Do you know how sometimes when you're watching a Stanley Kubrick movie... It makes you feel emotionally detached. Everything feels emotionally detached. The characters yeah. feel emotionally detached from the other characters and their settings, and that's not a negative in a Stanley Kubrick movie. Sure, you know what I mean. But you ever notice how sometimes in a Stanley Kubrick movie, where, where it feels like there's this weird emotional disconnect between all the characters and the setting, and everything just feels like this this neutral affect. Yeah. Do, do, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And this story feels like there is this emotional disconnect between the reader and the story. Complete. I feel like. I feel like mm-hmm. everyone in the story just kind of is. I feel like everyone in the story is moving through the story with this, this totally neutral affect to their personality, he, and that everything yeah. happens around them, and they kind of just react to it like, with, just. Nothing. 
mm-hmm. and I feel like there's no there's I think there's a wall between the reader and the story that there's that King is keeping is purposely mm-hmm. keeping the reader at arm's length. I, at no he, point do I feel like he's pulled the reader into the story. At no point do I feel mm-hmm. like he's injected it with emotion and intensity and enveloped the reader and made it immersive. Everything mm-hmm. feels cold and distant to me. Yes, and it's like hugging a corpse. Right. Um, <laughs> technical difficulties. My apologies. Oh, I got that cut quick. Okay. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's a good thing you brought up uh, Kubrick because I mean, as much as I, I I love his movies, and I like The Shining comes to mind because yeah. The Shining, the book, is very emotional. Like it's very much about the emotional turmoil of the characters, and The Shining, the movie doesn't really have any of that. Uh, Jack Nicholson right. is already an evil person. He's yes. just, you know. Right. You know. Yeah. Hasn't hasn't shown it yet as in like his actions. It's just you see it on his face that he's evil. You're right. But he just didn't pick up the axe. <laughs> yeah, you're you're totally right. But um and even in Identity Crisis, you know, it's it's all propelled by emotion. This is something that affects everybody that I mean, you see it in the way everybody just jumps in to to help out. Yes. And just has a community. In this story, you, You've seen like maybe five other characters other than Booster Gold and Harley Quinn, and they don't really seem all that invested. They're not talking with each other about what happened. Um, maybe it's because it was a secret, which is a stupid idea to begin with. That right. The whole sanctuary was a secret. But afterwards, I mean, if this was a story that had something to say or something that was going to affect the wider universe, you would have seen oh, we got to tell the Justice League that this place exists. Oh, right. everybody's got to react to it. Oh, right. um, but, you know, some clues probably would have been strewn throughout as in like, okay, well, maybe, no, he can't, well, he can't be alive, but it'd have to be back in like issue four. Right. Instead of just now coming around to, oh, I guess it was him. <laughs> right. Great. And it's just, it just pains me because there's, it's, there were so many little things all they had to do is just be tweet just a little bit yes and we could have we could have <laughs> could have saved ourselves this entire mess from happening yeah um just stick with that it was that it was an accident right and then swerve by like having him like run away right and so like well who arranged the bodies right oh that's another mystery that somebody has to solve um there could be something of how um you know, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle have could have found the future Wally just the past Wally was showing up. That's actually prop progression. That's something that's happening. Right. And it could be a way to say, no, you can't do this. You have to go back and do and accept what happened because you're a hero and heroes don't do this. Mm-hmm. It would render the entire story completely pointless. Oh, uh, absolutely. But, but that's fine. It would, <laughs> yeah. W- so that way we could. Prevent the worst from happening, yeah. and we could never talk about this ever again. Yes, ever. Yeah, I, I, Heroes in Crisis, Stephen. I yeah. think can, can we agree that this is a big event that shall never be talked about again? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do, do you agree that this is a big event that will not age well? No. And that DC is going to want to forget? Yeah. That fans are going to hate? Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do you think, I think fans already do hate it? <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. And, and and the reason for that is is not just that it's been poorly written, yeah. but it's obvious that Tom King has no understanding of Wally West's character. No. 
like literally no understanding of his character. There is nothing in this issue that reminds me of Wally West's established history and core personality traits mm-hmm. that we have gotten since the Silver Age. The yeah. character's been around forever, Stephen. This mm-hmm. is not a new character. My God, this character has been around forever, mm-hmm. okay? From the Silver Age on. Yeah. He's an old character, okay? Mm-hmm. Old character. Yeah. Plenty of established history. Mm-hmm. Clear core character traits. Yes. He is as he is as true blue as heroes come. Mm-hmm. He is. He is very he is truly he Wally truly is Barry Allen. He is. Mm-hmm. He he is true blue like his like his mentor. Mm-hmm. He is. He is he is classic. He is a classic stand-up character. He is a family man. He is always been bright, positive, honest, true. He he is the he is the, he is the template for what you want a classic superhero to be. Yeah, that's been Wally West consistently, Stephen. Mm-hmm. It's never wavered. Not after Barry died. Mm-hmm. Not when Barry came back. Nope. Not after he got married. Not after he had kids. He is always he has never wavered. Not once has Wally West's character ever wavered. Mm-mm. Ever. He is salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. He is the common man, the family man. He is just good. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. And there's nothing in this in this issue that is like Wally West. No, a- at all. I I just I just have to wonder because if this is something that is a company mandate. Because look, I like I like the Flash War story. Yes, a lot. Yes. However, and I I hope I said this at the time, mm-hmm. but. Especially looking back on it now, right. I had to really ask myself: Would Wally West really be that gullible? <laughs> right, that he would willingly right. say, "You know what, Zoom, you're right. I need to go and possibly shatter the walls of reality, right? Because I'm sad. Because I'm sad. Right now, it was written better than that. No doubt, no doubt. However." I could see how somebody could read that and take the wrong message from right. it. Right. And right. say, oh, well, they've clearly already set the stage. Right. We're just going to plow right through yeah. and keep going. Yeah. So the, it, it, it makes me so angry because it makes me like something. It makes me dislike right. something I liked right. le- more now. Right. Because if this is where they were going with it, then I... I don't want any part of it, and everybody right. involved is going to get a demerit. Exactly, have work to get, <laughs> they can't do any extracurriculars <laughs> until they make up for what they did. I mean, look. I, it, because look, I I know you're you're a Silver Age guy, and I love the Silver Age stuff too. But mm-hmm. Wally West was always my Flash when I grew up. Yes, and I watched Justice League. Right. That Flash is is Wally West. Right. When I read the comics, it was Wally West. Yes. Barry Allen was gone for forever. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and honestly, I mean, I. I was happy, like in a oh cool history mm-hmm. way, when Barry Allen came back. Right. Like I like I loved Hal Jordan when he came back, and I always preferred him over Kyle Rayner anyway. But didn't you but grow up that, with Kyle as Green Lantern? I did, but I just didn't. You just didn't take I just the didn't character. Really like him. I like John yeah. Stewart more. Okay, fair enough. Green Lantern. All right. And when Hal Jordan came back, I was like, okay, cool. I, okay. I actually really like Hal Jordan. Okay. But you know, Wally was always like he was my Flash. He was the guy. He was amazing. But he's who you grew up with, no doubt. Yes, and it's just, it's it's not. This isn't right. It's not 
It's not him. You know? Wally West is not a sociopath. No. Wally West, after accidentally killing those people, what what Wally would have, West would have done, Stephen, he would have immediately gone to Barry Allen. Yes. He would have immediately gone to Barry Allen and said, Barry, help me. This is what's happened. That's yeah. what Wally West would have done, Stephen. You know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And he 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 would have he been engaged a, complete, in this... a complete wreck. Yes. He would have been crying and sobbing in Barry's arms. Yeah. That's what would have happened. Mm-hmm. Seriously, if you want to write the character true to his character, yeah. that's what would have happened. He wouldn't have engaged in this horrifically sociopathic actions afterward. Yeah. At all. No. It just... That's grotesque. It's yeah. grotesque. And especially remembering some of the things that were done to these bodies after they were done. Like having the yeah. commander steals that thing in his neck. Yeah. Like, like wow. When I read, it's like, wow, somebody really disgusting has to have done that. And, oh, apparently now it's it's Wally. Shoving, like, yeah, letters up in people's necks and stuff. No, like, that's oh, not. What the hell? What? It's yeah, grotesquely that... sociopathic. It's one yeah. thing to have this accident that killed people. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to then make him a horrific sociopath. The mm-hmm. things he did after were horrific. And yeah. it's hard to walk. A, I don't know, Stephen, if you can walk a character back from all that. You've mm-hmm. so compromised his character now, Stephen. Yeah. You've made him a monster. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. You've made him a monster. Mm-hmm. His actions after have made him a monster. Mm-hmm. How do you rehabilitate that character? It's I, hard to do. Once you, once you do something to a character, it's hard to walk it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the, o- the only way this can be worthwhile at all is if in issue nine, it starts with a scene where old Wally tells the past Wally, don't do this. Go back. You're a hero, remember? And then he goes back. And the entire right. rest of the issue right. is every character looking at the screen and going, I'm sorry. I mean, is this because we have to have new Fifty Two Wally shoved down our throat that they're gonna do? They're gonna just absolutely rape Wally West's character like this? Beats me because I figure if that was the purpose, we would have seen him in here. Wow! And we haven't. Nope. Just, because there is only six characters in the universe, didn't you know that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's it's amazing. Yeah. On top of it all, mm-hmm. what gets me is. It doesn't even make sense thematically, Stephen. No. Since Wally has returned with DC, with Jeff Johns's mm-hmm. rebirth number one, Wally returned. He symbolized hope. Mm-hmm. DC didn't hide the ball, Stephen. No. I've read countless interviews with Jeff Johns and other execs from DC where they went on and on about talking how. Wally represents hope. Mm -hmm. The hope that was lost during the grim 1990s image DC (laughs) New 52 crap, right? Yeah. That this was the hope of the more positive, bright, the real DCU. Mm -hmm. He symbolized hope. Hope. And that's what is the central theme of Rebirth that has gone throughout the entire DC universe now. Touched on every single single issue of every single title, right? Mm -hmm. So you take the symbol of hope under your new Rebirth banner... And you totally perverse it and mm-hmm. make him a murderer and a sociopath. Yeah. That's apparently what the Steven, plan was. Steven, thematically that doesn't make sense. It, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Why would you do that to your character that represents hope? I, 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 from a thematic standpoint, how could DC let that happen? Under the Rebirth banner, how could they let that happen? That's what I don't get. Uh, well, Jeff Johns isn't in charge anymore. It, it, it's it's mind numbing. Now, I w- it is. I, I will say, 
I love Wally, even though you know Barry right. was the Flash when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Now I was a teen when he got killed off. So sure, sure. I mean, I, I had Wally as Flash far longer than Barry, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but as you know, the character that was that's a character when you first started reading is always the the one, right? right, right. Okay, so mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, six year old Rock picked up a comic, it was Barry Allen, <laughs> right? Right. Okay, so. To me, Barry Allen is the Flash, just like Hal Jordan is the Green Lantern. Uh-huh. Now, I will admit, I'm pissed. I love Wally West. Love. Him. I'm mm-hmm. one of the few people, you know, I like Barry and Wally. Yeah. I think they're both fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, yet, yeah, do I think Barry should be the, the Flash. Flash, you know, <laughs> capital V? Yeah, I do, yeah. because I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I adore Wally West. I love the character. Always mm-hmm. have. Love, love, love Wally West. So I was not impressed by this issue at all. Sure. But I have to admit... There was a bit of I had a I had a bit of Scheidenfreude. Oh God, I did. These these read these 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 fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, these fans like you, Stephen. Not you, but like you, your age group. Right. Who grew up with Wally being their their Flash? Right. <laughs> these are the same people that grew up with Kyle Rayner being Green Lantern. These are the same people that when DC did to Hal Jordan, exactly what. Tom King did to Wally West in this issue, okay? Because that's what they did. Yeah. When DC did to Hal Jordan, it was the same thing. That was character assassination. There's nothing about Hal Jordan's mythos, about his established history, mm-hmm. about his core personality traits. There was nothing about that 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 <laughs> made Parallax make any sense. Yeah. And him becoming this massive killer. Just it wasn't. It was yeah. it, completely discordant from his established past. Yeah. And it made no sense. And people like me at the time were like, that's bullshit. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It absolutely lacks any logic whatsoever. It flies yeah. in the face of everything we know about the character. And all the younger readers who are like, eh, shut up, hell, you're nasty, nobody cares. Yeah, call Rainer, man, man. <laughs> now those same people are, oh, now they're feeling what, all of us Hal Jordan fans felt back then. Now they're getting the same feeling. And now they're like, they can't do that to what? That's not, that's against his character. I even read some article, Stephen, where some people said, now I know how Hal Jordan fans felt back then. <laughs> oh, you think? Dumb shit? Really? Now you know? I'm glad you grew up and managed to look past your own little tiny myopic view of the world. Thanks. Appreciate it. Just a few uh, decades too late, though. Jack-offs. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of schadenfreude there. I have to admit, Stephen, I had a little bit of schadenfreude there. Mm-hmm. I, I did. But in the end, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. Should have done this to Wally. Yeah. It's BS. Mm-hmm. It's garbage. And, and it's not well-written on top of it, Stephen. It's just not yeah. well-written. I mean, putting aside the, the horrible handling of Wally's character, that it makes no sense, that mm-hmm. it's... It's just not well written, period. Yeah. The plotting sucks. The pacing sucks. It's boring. It's the dialogue sucks. Terrible. The character work yeah. sucks. It's a shallow story. It's it's mm-hmm. super shallow. I mean, it's super, super duper shallow. Mm-hmm. It's it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible writing altogether. I know Tom, everyone tells me Tom King is the best writer in the universe. I hear that on the internet all the time. And Steven, maybe he is. Maybe he smoked crack and wrote this story. I don't know. Maybe he suffered, a, you know, got in a bad accident, suffered traumatic brain injury, and then wrote this story. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just telling you, mm-hmm. I'm still waiting to see how this guy's the best writer in the comic book industry right now. <laughs> I, 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 I would love for someone to t- 
tell me what to read mm-hmm. so I can find how this guy is the best comic book writer because I ain't seen it so far. <laughs> Sorry, not seeing it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no. And can Wally West ever come back from this? Is this character done? I mean, seriously, what do you think? Is this character done? Has um, he been? Has he just been Hank Pimmed? He may have been. I'd, I guess it depends on what happens in the next issue. If they walk it back, all I all I require is that this gets walked back somehow. immediately. So, yeah, <laughs> immediately. Because I mean, and hey, apparently in the future on Doomsday Clock, Wally West is supposed to be important. Now we're not oh, going to see that for five years. I know. But- <laughs> At the rate there go. Well, you got to remember, the end of Doomsday Clock was supposed to be out before the end of yeah. <laughs> Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Editors, I get it. <laughs> get somebody else on that. Oh, God. Thank you. Yes. There are other talented comic book artists in the world. I know. Tell them to get in there and finish it. God damn it! I know. Uh, so Anyways. yeah, so maybe the, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you can rehabilitate the characters, even It's going to be hard to do. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's so, he is so upset. I would. You know what? I would rather he be dead than this. Uh, wow. Yeah. Would you rather they have not brought him back at all yeah. after uh, the new Fifty Two? Just don't bring no. him back with Rebirth. Just let him. Just let him stay away. Uh, no, I would have rather that when we saw him dead at the beginning of Heroes in Crisis, that he was actually dead. And that was it. <laughs> oh, and, God. Uh, yeah, that's that's what that's what I would have preferred than to do this. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Keep your shitty story. <laughs> Leave me my Wally West the way he was. Yes. Christ. Fair enough. Um, okay. Yeah. All right, Steven. Well, uh, let's 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 leave DC behind, shall Thank we? You. On that <laughs> on that bombshell. <laughs> let's leave DC behind. We don't we don't need to go there anymore. Um yeah. over at the house of the mouse, Steven. Let's check out something. Let's let's cleanse our palate and let's just hop right into the amazing Spider-Man number 20, shall we? All right. This issue brought to us words by Nick Spencer, pencils by Umberto Ramos, inker by Victor Alazaba. Colors by Edgar Delgado and Eric Arseniega. Steven, mm-hmm. this issue, Black Ant's talking to Spider-Man. He's like, man, I got betrayed by my boy Taskmaster. I'm pissed. This sucks. I'm angry. He's like, you know, now I'm stuck in here just like the rest of you schmucks. <laughs> and uh, newsflash, you know what? There's no way out of here. There's no way out of here. We're all hosed. And by the way, it's about to get a lot worse. Yeah. And then we cut to Taskmaster. He's got, uh, he frees the lizard. The lizard, he, he and, uh, we learned in the last issue that it was a big ploy mm-hmm. between the lizard and Taskmaster to sneak into Craven's uh, compound. Yeah. And uh, we then cut to Black Cat and the lizard's son sneaking out of the compound, the mm-hmm. Craven's compound. And suddenly, oh snap, one of those Craven robots is on the scene. Mm-hmm. Dang. And we see like some schmuck who's, you know, on the VR headset, controlling yeah. the robot, <laughs> and the robot attacks Black Cat. And then we cut to Craven talking to his son, and his son is pissed. He's like, "This is ridiculous. We got intruders on 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 our property. We got prisoners who are roaming free, and you won't end this madness. It is. We gotta kick some ass, you and I." And Craven's like, "Not yet." 
And his son's like, and he gets all mad. And he's like, you know, you know what? I think you are weak. I think I sense fear on you. It sickens me. And if you're not going to do this, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to defend the Kravinov name. Then he storms out. And we see Craven like with this angry look on his face. And you see him like holding his hands. And he's like digging into his hands so hard that his blood is coming out of his hand. Yeah. So it's like Craven is for whatever. We don't know why he won't act yet. Mm-hmm. But you can tell he wants to. Yeah. He's taking supreme self-control for him not to, to act. I thought this was a really cool scene, Steven. And I also wanted to say the artwork. Craven's face in that moment. He looks like a tiger. He looks feline. Doesn't yeah. he look the way his nose and his eyes and his mouth? I mean, he looks like a tiger. Yeah. Uh, like a lion. Mm-hmm. Like a big male lion, doesn't he? <laughs> it's it's really cool art there, but um and intense. I like mm-hmm. how I like how because it makes the reader wonder, dang, when is Craven gonna snap? Yeah. And what's gonna happen when he does snap? Because you know he's gonna whoop some ass. Oh yeah. He he looked like I mean, he didn't he they never show him looking at his son, but he looked pissed. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then we cut back to the Craven robot fighting Black Cat, <laughs> and he blasts. He he uh he whips out his gun, and he blasts Black Cat. She goes down in a heap, and then he finds the lizard son, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Wait, it's just a kid." He's like, "Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't. No one noticed. No one said anything about kids. We're supposed to be hunting bad guys, yeah. monsters. No one said anything about kids. This is this is messed up." And so he leaves. And then we come back to the lizard, and he's at the prison where his son was being held, and he says, oh, he's not here. He must be loose somewhere. And then Craven's son walks onto the scene, and he gets it on with the lizard, and he whoops the lizard. Steven, this is a mm-hmm. one-sided fight. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> uh-uh, this is like Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik. <laughs> And the lizard ain't Hulk Hogan in this fight. <laughs> I mean, he just gets taken down. And the lizard's like, and Cra- uh, Craven's son's like, why are you so weak? Yeah. And and lizard's like, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm a scientist. And he's got, I got a chip in my neck that keeps me from going all crazy, lizardy, mm-hmm. psycho-y, right? Yeah. And Craven's like, why would you purposely make yourself weak? You <laughs> sicken me. Who does that? What kind of father would would do that? Would 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 make themselves weak instead of being an animal and protect his family. You know what? You're such a disgusting blasphemy that I'm gonna find your kid and I'm gonna kill your kid in front of you. Yeah. It's like wow, hardcore. <laughs> and he grabs the lizard by the tail and drags him with him. <laughs> like, jeez, Craven's son is intense. Yeah. To lay off the steroids. <laughs> um, and then we cut to the Craven robot from earlier, and uh, he's calling Arcade. He's pissed about the kid being involved, mm-hmm. and um. He's like, you know, and RK's like, gives him, he gets RK's message, voicemail. He doesn't pick up the phone. And mm-hmm. the guy's like, you know, I'm going to take off the stupid VR set and I'm just going to go find RK myself. Yeah. And then we cut back to the, the individual wearing the VR headset and he can't get the headset off. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, he's told by the RK's computer that the uh, virtual link cannot be severed. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, that can't be good. Nope. That can't be good, Steven. And then that Craven robot is surrounded by. The vulture and all of his bad guys, mm-hmm. and they attack the Craven robot, and it's a big battle. And Spider-Man and Black Ant are on the scene, and they see the big fight. And Black Ant explains, "Look, what you don't know is Craven. He doesn't like. He thinks you stupid costume villain animal villains are stupid, mm-hmm. but he also hates all these would-be big game hunters. Because remember, at the beginning of the story, yeah. he's pissed at all these big game hunters coming to Africa and killing these animals. That's yeah. what starts this whole thing off in the first place." Mm-hmm. 
So he's like, so he hates these soft, rich imposters. And so what he's done is he wants them to understand exactly what being an apex predator really means. Mm-hmm. Ah! So we find out in the fight that this robot, the Kraven robot, can the person on the VR headset can feel pain when the Kraven robot gets yep. hurt. And if he can feel pain, that means they can die. And Black mm-hmm. Ant's like, yeah, so the way that VR headset, they can't unhook from it. It's wired into their brains. So basically, if the robot dies out here, they die out there. Out there. And you see the all the rich people with the headsets on, they're all like, ah, falling to the ground yeah. and getting beaten up. They're all bloody. And blah, blah. Um, anyhow. And it shows you the group of people. There's like two women in there, and I, I submit, Stephen, you would get exactly zero women who would be interested in big game hunting. That is such a rich guy douchebag thing to do. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Yeah, it just is. I would agree with that. It just is. Yeah, <laughs> there's no woman who's like, ah, I want to do it. Nah, no. too smart. <laughs> <laughs> too smart. So, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we then. So Spider-Man's like, oh my god, he's going to kill all of them. Mm-hmm. Kraven's going to kill all these rich people. Yeah. Yes. And Black Ant's like, eh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Spidey's like, tell me where he's hiding. So Black Ant tells Spidey where Craven's compound is. Uh-huh. And we see cut to Spidey outside of it, out of the compound. He's like, get out here, Craven!" And unfortunately, he didn't get Craven. He gets Arcade. Mm-hmm. Hologram Arcade appears and goes, hey. Look, I think I came up with something fun. I think you can really like it. It's not Craven, but I'm really trying to make something that's not too derivative. Let me know if it's too if it's too derivative, too you know, too me. I'm mm-hmm. trying to do something different. Yeah. <laughs> and we see, oh snap, Arcade has cloned Vermin. Mm-hmm. Classic Spider-Man villain Vermin. Yep. He's cloned him, and now Spider-Man is surrounded by like 20 <laughs> clones of Vermin. Oh, snap. That's the ending of the issue, Steven. Amazing Spider-Man number 20. What do you think? Uh, wow. That's actually not where I thought it was going at all. Me neither. I was, I was surprised by that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought when I, when the, when, um, uh, Black Ant said, you know, don't, don't mess with the suits. I thought it was more like. They were bombs or something. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were going to take everybody out. Yes. But I I like this swerve now because it all, it ties everything back to what they were doing at the beginning about his disgust and how much he hates these kinds of people. And I was like, well, why are you trying to do this unless, you know, unless another, the most dangerous game knockoff. Like, it doesn't. Right. I, I was like, what are you doing, dude? It, didn't, it doesn't make any sense. But now I, <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. Oh I, yeah, I think it's 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 one of those like when as soon as he didn't he couldn't take the VR helmet off I was like oh there you go you're like doing oh the, snap. yeah he's wired and there's no way out <laughs> now I know it's coming now I know it's coming yes and honestly you know what I was talking about the trickster I I don't feel bad for these people. <laughs> <laughs> And I will be kind of sad if Spider-Man manages to save them because it's just... Agreed. Yeah, I mean, they. I guess they tried to give something for that one guy because he wouldn't well, shoot the wizard's kid. Yeah, but that was a little too little too late, though, yeah, wasn't it? I mean, I, I guess they're I trying, to human, I try to humanize him a bit. Yeah. But... Hmm. Yeah, the wait, I'm not, a, I'm not a monster. Right. But, you know, like you said, too little too late and... Uh, shot the black cat too. Like, yes. Like right through. I thought it was the chest. I was like, oh no. And then I was like, no, it's just through her 
her stomach her side, or something. Stomach, something. Yeah. They didn't shoot through her cleavage, though. Woo, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, you'd have seen me in tears otherwise, Stephen. <laughs> but, you um, probably would have heard me from your house while I was reading. You'd hear this, no! no! <laughs> Indeed. Oh, Rock got to where she got shot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just pour one out. <laughs> That's right. Priorities, Stephen. <laughs> but, um, yes, I'm very, I'm, this, I think it just keeps getting more and more interesting. Uh, the more they peel back what's going on, the yes. stuff with Vermin, that is, I thought that was, I thought that was great. That was cool. Um, I mean, cause you know, you have, it's Craven, it's Spider-Man in his black costume. Yeah. And now you have Vermin. Yes. We know where that comes from. Yeah. It's from, um, I don't know. That might be. I think that might be my favorite Spider-Man story ever. Is Craven's Last Hunt? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. So I'm happy that we're doing that mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the way that um, um, Black Ant was written in this issue. I think did a great job with the character. Yeah, I think because it doesn't like absolve him of anything. No, but it no, does. No, no. It does explain. It's like you know, I tried to be a hero. And it didn't work out. I guess, you know, I guess it's just not me. Erica Gray is like one of those characters that just can't do right. Yeah. Even when he tries, he just he just, <laughs> just can't do right. He's just the eternal uh, screw up. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like the character so much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, even and, and, and Spencer even has, you know, Erica Grady say, look, I'm, I'm not saying I, I deserve your sympathy. I'm not saying I don't deserve what I'm yeah. going to get. Mm-hmm. But. But. You, you know, know, I just he's just, he's just one of those characters like you, you root for you kind of a lovable loser. Yeah, you want him to do well, but you know he's in the end he's just gonna disappoint you. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, and and <laughs> lo and behold, <laughs> he does. And I love the um, I mean the thing with him talking about you know that he was betrayed by the Taskmaster that he couldn't see that coming. Yes, and um. Well, speaking of Taskmaster, I like that he that the way that the lizard got him in there was that he tricked him into thinking that he'd been poisoned, yes. and then it's like, oh, it'll just wear off in twenty four hours. The Taskmaster doesn't even stop him; just goes, oh, "I should have seen that coming." Yes, <laughs> yes. Spencer writes a good Taskmaster yes, too. Yes, he does. He really does. Um, and the stuff with Craven and his son is very fascinating because I mean, the Craven son is 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 huge, like bigger than He's Craven. A beast. And I feel like it's gonna it's gonna come down to um, Craven versus Craven son. versus his son. I agree. And that Craven's gonna beat his ass. Yes, and it's gonna be so so fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, and I just love that dynamic they have. I love that they're teasing that the lizard is gonna go postal again. Yeah, that would be very that'd be that very cool. Be as awesome. if he willingly just like, all right. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And then they'd have a big old brawl and whatnot. That would be so cool. Oh, that would be badass, wouldn't it? Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really don't have anything too negative to say about this. Um, the art is still a little too wonky. Yeah, for my it taste. is. It is. At some points, it's it's really wonky. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, there's some like really cool stuff, like yes. you said, with Craven's face looking yes. like a lion yes. and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's not consistent. No, it's not. Because like the some of the stuff, like where they're showing what's happening, like with the black cats fight with the um the robot is yes. it's pretty good. It looks very regular um Ramosy. Yes, you know. But then some of it just looks so kind of. I don't know if maybe it's the colors, but mm. it just looks kind of off. Mm-hmm. You know. So I do like how I like how he does uh how he does. Black 
ants mask the same mm-hmm. way that Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man mask is yeah. able to, <laughs> Spider-Man's mask has always been able to change, to show emotions, eyes, yeah. right? And black, black ants mask is the same way, how it's <laughs> able to change eye shape and emotions and yeah. stuff, his, ante- his eyes and his antennas. It's great, though. It I is. like that. <laughs> well, you know, the third Ant-Man is saying that, you know, he's a little derivative. Is uh... That's right. That's right. That's awesome. It just makes sense. It does. Um, no, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's, it's Spencer's done, done a great job on yep. Amazing Spider-Man. This is, this whole Craven storyline has been an absolute blast. It really has been. It's a lot of fun. It is, uh, it's got ton. What's great is Spencer gives you a well-balanced issue. You get awesome action. Mm-hmm. You get awesome character work. Yep. You get great dialogue. Mm-hmm. You get great plotting. Mm-hmm. There's good story depth as well. There's a lot of meat on the bones to this story, Stephen. Mm-hmm. That's it's awesome. I mean, this is about as balanced an issue as you're going to get. It's, yep. it's you know, it's got something for everybody. The mm-hmm. characters are all fantastic. I love yeah. them all. I love how Spencer writes Peter Parker. I love how he writes Black Ant. I love how he writes Taskmaster. I love how he writes Arcade. I love how he writes Craven. Mm-hmm. Craven's son, Black Cat. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> everybody because he does a great job with all the characters. Even they're yep. all. So well written. They all have their own unique personalities. They're very well developed. Mm-hmm. All their all the voices, Stephen, the dialogue is awesome. All the dialogue. Every character has if I read this issue to you, Stephen, and didn't tell you who was talking, you would know just off hearing the dialogue. All the external voices are pretty darn unique, I think. Yeah. I mean I think so. That's <laughs> it's just such good writing. Yeah. And then on top of the amazing character work and dialogue, you get just some cool action scenes and just a cool story in general that is evolving in a with some neat surprise twists and turns that you don't see coming. Yeah. You know, I, I Craven's <laughs> son going after the lizard, uh, vermin being cloned at the end, mm-hmm. the reveal that these robots are actually that the, that these rich people can't get the VR headsets off them. And when the robots die, they die. Like these are all good reveals, yeah. good plotting, really, really enjoyable. This is just awesome. Straight up superhero yeah. fun. You know what I mean? I understand why Amazing Spider-Man is in tops of the chart. Yes. Seriously. Absolutely. And it just it's great to see it's great to see Spencer really rebounding from Captain America. Yes. Really rebounding from <laughs> so well. You know, it's Absolutely. great. And this title just getting such love mm-hmm. and selling so well. Nice to see that cuz Spencer's yeah. a good writer. I agree. He's Absolutely. a good writer and I think you know, good writers can make bad decisions sometimes. Yeah. He was. And he, he made a bad he decision. He was paired on, on the wrong title, <laughs> given the wrong. Um, I still think part of that was editorial, though. That he was very, very possible. To do it. Very possible. But, you know, it's you. It's uh, definitely not absolving him of that. Right, right. But but you know what? This title does so. It does. It's great. So how do you? Uh, and I'm with you on the artwork, Stephen. Yeah. It's a bit up and down. There are some panels that look fantastic and some that don't. Yeah. But that's Imberto Ramos. He's 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 up and down. Yeah. He's a little inconsistent. I still feel like it was more the colors this time, though. I, I'm, I'm with you. The colors little... the colors were not good. Yeah. I'm with you. The colors were not good at all, and it created kind of a, an unpleasant look mm-hmm. throughout the issue. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that. Um, how would you create out Amazing Spider-Man number 20? Um, I'll give the writing. Um, I'll give the writing an 8 again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> and I will give the... Um, I will give the arts. I'll give it a five. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's pretty fair. I'm gonna go uh, for the writing. I'm gonna go. 
nine night girls out of ten for the writing, mm-hmm. and I will go five night girls out of ten for the artwork. Okay. I realize we didn't give our grades for here in the crisis. <gasps> oh my god, yeah. we were so disgusted by it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that says it, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, hold on. Mark for edit. Hi, <laughs> right, Steven. Here's for crisis number eight. We're talking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> How do you grade it out? Um, wow. Um, I can't give anything lower than a one. Because we have to, <laughs> we can't we have to go on the scale. It's one to ten. It's not <laughs> negative five to ten. Um, I guess the writing gets a one, and the art gets a six. I don't know. It's fine. I guess. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Um, I'll, I'm with you. The writing obviously is one one sociopathic night girl out of ten. <laughs> And the art, I will give seven night girls out of ten. It's oh, okay. fine, whatever. It, it, yeah, I, it, the story's so bad, I don't even notice the artwork. To be honest with you, yeah, okay, I, it's, it's, it's that much of a mess. Yeah, seriously. Using the using an old uh, movie website I used to watch a lot, and their unique mm-hmm. rating system. Every everything up to to this has been a, some old bullshit. <laughs> yes, but this was a fuck you. Fuck you, heroes in crisis! I hate you. <laughs> you ruined my, you ruined my flash, man. Oh god! You know what's interesting, Stephen? Yeah. Would you agree? It's safe to say. <laughs> it is safe to say because you know every time. Uh, normally, when something controversial happens in comics, sure. you know it's usually a fifty-fifty split mm-hmm. among readers. Yeah. Okay. Usually fifty-fifty because you always yeah. have you. You always gotta have your people who are like, I love whatever. X writer does or whatever X company does. You know, you always have the, the blind followers. But yeah. normally, even in controversial things, it's 50-50. Sure. Would you agree that with Heroes in Crisis number eight, it has been almost uniformly negative? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Stephen, am I exaggerating? Do you, I would place it at 90% negative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen stragglers that liked it, but it's mostly but negative. those stragglers are... Easily no more than 10% of what you see online. Oh, I'd say less than 10%. And less than ne- that, maybe 5%. I mean, st- <laughs> whoa, Steven, bless you. Thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm allergic to this issue, <laughs> clearly. Uh, I would say that, uh, I mean, look, when comic book resources is panning your issue, <laughs> you know it's bad because they, they <laughs> never, never pan an issue by DC yeah. or Marvel. New- Ever. Newsarama did, when they did their spoilers... They there was like a hint. There was a hint of sarcasm going throughout as they tried to get through. Yes, what had happened. <laughs> yes, so I mean, I, the, maybe maybe ninety five percent negative to this yes. issue. Yes. Do you think Tom King or DC expected that type of intense negative reaction no. to this issue? No. I feel like I they mean had overwhelming, to know... overwhelming ninety five percent negative reaction. I feel like they had to know something when, like you know, they killed. Arsenal and right. they thought they had killed Wally West off. That was the one that that made everybody mad was yes. Wally. Right. And then it's like, oh well, I guess he's still alive. Oh. Ooh. Oh, oh no. no. We don't want that. Right. And wisely so. Why would anybody want that? Now if this since the reaction has been so intensely negative, mm-hmm. Steven, do you think DC's editorial is in pretty much 
pretty much the same way that Marvel had to be when Spencer unveiled that Captain America was a Nazi. And they went out of their way to go, hey, 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 he's coming back. He's coming back. Guys, guys, before, before, before what was the name of the big event? Um, uh, Secret Empire. Secret Empire. Before the big event, they, they were preemptive by saying, hey, look, mm-hmm. hey, that's not really Captain America. Yeah. That's not him. That's not him. He's. Do you think DC is now in full panic mode over this? Well, they haven't released anything about it. They've stayed relatively quiet. They just I'm, let them. I'm wondering if that's the like if that's surprise mm. at DC's office where they're just I, like, oh shit, what just what 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 we just we're getting killed everywhere over this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think they're surprised. They're, they're surprised. I think they they're shocked. To, they're afraid to say anything about it at all. Yeah, yeah, that should be fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. All right, Stephen. Next up, Fantastic Four. Number nine. Mm-hmm. This issue brought to us Dance Lot Doing the Words, The yeah. Art by Committee. You've got Aaron Cooter, uh-huh. Stefano Caselli, and Paco Medina. Colors by Eric Arsenega. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, in this comic, our members of the Fantastic Four all break free from Doctor Doom's ingenious, unstoppable traps. He's got them all trapped in, yeah. in like the perfect traps, mm-hmm. right? And none of them could break free. And, of course, Invisible Woman makes... Doctor Doom's armor invisible, yeah. <laughs> so everyone can see his hideousness, yep. and all this is being broadcast across the world, of course. Mm-hmm. So Doctor Doom is embarrassed, yeah. <laughs> and he tells he tells Victorious to transport him away from the scene, mm-hmm. right? And meanwhile, we see each member of the FF break free from this supposedly unstoppable trap that was given to them. Yeah. So we're getting over teamwork mm-hmm. they all learn from each other they're all unstoppable they're all amazing yeah got it okay then we cut to uh, Arizona where uh, Franklin is at a friend's house and Wyatt is there to get him and Alicia and her parents uh, drive Wyatt to to uh, Franklin's friend's house to get Franklin and I appreciate Stephen yeah and the, I don't know which artist did this page <laughs> but this is a perfect rendition Stephen of a 1960s Volkswagen bus, air-cooled version. It's brilliant. It's perfect. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Really like it. And it's, it's the nice two-tone brown and white combination, mm-hmm. too. That's strong. I approve. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Uh, so, <laughs> Steven's like, why? <laughs> why do we have to do this with every issue? <laughs> and so, it, Uncle Wyatt tells Franklin, we got to go. And Franklin's little friend, this girl, she's like, put my friend down. Or, you know, if you mess with my friend, you mess with all of them. We see all these little, little baby, like, what are they, like little baby bat-like demon creatures. Yeah. They're kind of cute. And they come start chasing after Wyatt. And Wyatt throws Franklin over his shoulder. And he's like, what's going on here? And Franklin's <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. And uh, Wyatt's like, Uncle Jake, opportunity, start the van. <laughs> and then we cut back to the Latveria. Fantastic Four, they're all freed. They bust into where Doctor Doom's uh, Doctor Doom's castle, mm-hmm. and they're faced by Doctor Doom. And the thing goes and smashes him. And oh, it's not Doctor Doom; it's just a Doombot. Yeah. So Reed Richards uses his G Wiz awesome brain, uses the Doombot material to track down where um, Doctor Doom is located. Yeah. Okay. Of course, and it's uh, that is funny because the um he's trying to find out the password. Yes. And he oh. says, "Oh, 
It's the it's the calculations for his failed experiment from college. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Like, that's, yeah, that that's pretty sense. good. <laughs> we cut to Doctor Doom and the Victorious, and he's Doctor Doom is watching the news feed from across the world, where all the news reporters are commenting and how, oh, poor Doctor Doom, he's. He, he looked like a real schmuck. Never knew he was so ugly. Never knew yeah. he was so scarred up. Blah, blah, blah. He must have been really embarrassed. Oh, I pity him now. Yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. And he's not happy about that. He shatters all, this, all the screens. He's pissed. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the Fantastic Four in a little flying car, and they're making their way to Mount Doom, Ooh, where Galactus is trapped in the mountain. Mm-hmm. And Victorious flies on the scene, and we get a big old fight. And then... Reed goes, hey, Sue, put a bubble around that spear. That's where she's getting her powers from, her spear. And it's true. Put a big invisible bubble around the spear. She loses her powers. Yay! Yay! And then they use the big guns, the big boom cannons, Dr. Doom's big boom cannons, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Reverse them. Yep. And zap all the lightning, all the energy back into Galactus. Yes. (laughs) At this point... Dr. Doom arrives on the scene with all of his Doombots behind him. And Galactus rises up out of the ground. He's like, I'm free! <laughs> and Dr. Doom's like, oh, Mount Doom lies in ruins! <laughs> and things like, yeah, big deal. Like, the Castle Doom, Doomstat, and there's any other things with your name on it. And, uh, <laughs> and then Dr. Doom's like, that mountain was named after my late father. And things like, oh, sorry, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> And Galactus is all like, ah, to me, power cosmic. And he absorbs all of his energy and then goes away. And Dr. Doom's like, he just left? And mm-hmm. Reed's like, yeah, yeah, he's following an old commitment he made, an old promise he made not to eat the earth. Mm-hmm. Lucky us. Yeah. <laughs> then we come to that sweet, sweet-looking air-cooled 1960s van, Steven. Sweet-looking. And those dick little demons are digging at it. That thing's cost money. You can't just ding one up like that, Steven. <laughs> So rude. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, Alicia calls Val at the home and is like, "Are you done with the teleporter? Because we need it now." <laughs> and so we cut back to Latveria, cleaning up after the scene. Right, Doctor Doom's like, "You know what? I'm pissed. I hate you all. I'm gonna come after you all one day. You're all gonna pay for this." Blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly, a teleportation bubble appears, and all those little cute little demon things come flying out of it <laughs> and land on top of Doom and all of his soldiers. And Doom's like, how are you summoning demonic, the dark arts, Richards? This is not your domain. This is mine. And suddenly, <laughs> uh, we see the Fantastic Four teleporting away from the scene and appearing outside of Aunt Petunia's home. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> and the kids hug the FF, and everyone hugs. Yay! And everyone's happy. Yay. and. And Aunt Petunia's like, oh, how lovely. And Alicia's like, yay. And the thing hugs Alicia and his and his and his uh, and, and her parents. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, the family grim. I love you guys. Bring it in. And Aunt Petunia goes, that's sweet, dear. And it's been wonderful having you here. But now you should all go home. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, Fini. <laughs> Steven, Fantastic Four number nine. What'd you think? Um, you know, I gotta say, I'm. 
I'm pretty impressed with how uh, Dan Slott's turned it around on this title. Since I agree. The, since the beginning. I totally agree. Um, because, I mean, it really has all those, the hallmarks from his Spider-Man run. It's fun. Yes. Um, it's funny without being too, you know, goofy. Yes. It's got some good character work. Um, the the action is really cool. It has heart. It has heart. It's sweet. It's it's got stakes. Yes, yes. You know, cool mm-hmm. stuff happens in oh, there. Oh yeah. Yep. And I, I don't know, man. I I really I really dug this a lot. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. It was a fun issue. Yeah. I mean, I, I read it. It put a smile. I had a smile, a big yeah. goofy grin on my face, Stephen, <laughs> from the first page to the last. Page. Yeah. A big goofy grin. The very last panel. Absolutely. This. I just, it, it's 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 sweet without being schmaltzy. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it is a sweet comic. Oh yeah. And it's cute without being overbearing. Yeah, without being without or not kitty either. Right, right, right. Without being yeah. kitty cute, and um, it's got and it has heart. Yeah. It has heart. And mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, the Fantastic Four is a family, and it should be about the family. It yes. should be about the family. It should be about heart. It should be about their relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what Slot keeps going back to in this issue is the themes of family mm-hmm. and their relationship to each other and what, and what each member of the family learns and takes away from the other. Yeah. Each member of the Fantastic Four escapes their particular trap based on what they've learned from one of the other members. Mm-hmm. So it shows how together they're stronger than they are individually yes. and how they learn and grow from each other and get better. And the kids, um, you know, kind of being rebellious, <laughs> but at the same time, not too rebellious. Right. You know, still love their family too, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just a little bit rebellious. Yeah. And, you know, Aunt Petunia, uh, you know, being like this, grandmotherly presence at the same time like oh how nice okay now y'all have to go down yeah, you go i home. mean just just the whole the whole concept of family and the relationships between family members and the and the love and the the, the push and the pull mm-hmm. really well done yeah really well done <laughs> it just has a lot of heart yeah it just does and it's fun yes. it's just a fun comic because with the nice and it's got good character work. Mm-hmm. With the good character work between the fan members, you get big, classic, sci-fi superhero stuff. Right. Big, giant cannons. Big, mm-hmm. giant Galactus. Big explosions. <laughs> things getting blown up everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's fun. It's larger than life. Mm-hmm. It's what you want from a superhero comic. It's for sure what you want from Fantastic Four. Yes. It's what makes Fantastic Four so much fun. Mm-hmm. And... You can play the Fantastic Four a couple of ways. Hickman did a great job with F- Fantastic Four, no yeah. doubt. But in a completely different way than what Slot's oh, doing. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to compare the two. No. It's, I think it's, it's you're, being, you're, you're not giving Slot enough credit, and you're being unfair if you simply discount Slot's Fantastic Four as, as cotton candy compared to the uh, you know, sumptuous steak of Jonathan Hickman. That's not yeah. fair. I do, they're doing two different things. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jonathan Hickman wrote it like true science fiction. Yes. He, his was not comic booky. No. In almost any way. No, not at all. Yeah. Not and at all. but I mean, Slots is, and that's not a bad thing. His uh-huh. Spider-Man was comic booky, but it was mostly great. Absolutely. All the way through. And and so I I think with with Fantastic Four you can go the Jack Kirby route mm-hmm. and really go heavy, heavy, heavy with the high concept sci-fi. Yeah. 
You can. Mm-hmm. Or you can go the family route yeah. and really lean into that, but still brings, but you, you still have to have the, the, the crazy sci-fi too. And I think Slot is leaning into the family part mm-hmm. while still keeping plenty of wacky, insane sci-fi concepts in the story as well. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Especially after Hickman. You can only take but so much of Grimm and plot. As much as I love Hickman's mm-hmm. Fantastic Four, yeah. after a while you're like, Jesus, smile, Buttercup. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Things yeah. aren't that bad. Buck up already. You know, you can only take so much. Right. I think it's a nice change of pace is what I'm saying. Sure. It's a nice sure. change of pace. Mm-hmm. And I feel like after after... Hickman's work with Fantastic Four and them being on the shelf for a while. I like this. I like this take on the characters. I'm yeah. kind of glad they're going with this uh, lighter, more positive approach. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Sure. I'm, I don't mean lighter in a negative way. Mm-hmm. That, does, that doesn't mean shallow. Right. Brighter, maybe is a better word to use. Sure. Approach. Mm-hmm. I really like it. And I, and I like that. And I, while I loved Hickman on the science fiction, I think Hickman really. Um, Never really got the family dynamic right. Not like Slot's getting. No, I don't think so either. I th- well, cause I think that he was he was fascinated by Reed Richards yes. and Doctor Doom yep. and everybody else. I mean, they didn't were there, matter. but right, they didn't matter though. Yeah, and I think Slot really understands. He clearly he's probably read every issue of Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and he loves all the characters. You can tell he genuinely loves. All the characters, mm-hmm. and unlike with Hickman's run, yeah. we're gonna get all the characters are gonna get panel time. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a focus on everybody, yeah. And that's what I really am looking forward to. Yeah. And I just, it's just so much fun. It's just a, it's just any comic that puts a smile on your face from the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. That's a win for me. Oh yeah, and you can give this to any reader. Yes, definitely. Any reader, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I can give you this comic, and you're gonna like it. Mm-hmm. And at no point does it feel like it's Kitty. I don't think. No. I didn't find it to be Kitty. No. I don't think so. Mm. And I don't think you really have to have read the issues before. I think they do a good enough job catching you up to speed on what was going on. Really new reader friendly. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Super Mm. new reader friendly. So just, there's so many funny lines. (laughs) Just so many funny lines. But in these funny lines, they work though. They work in the context of the story. They never stick out. They never draw you away from the story. They all work because they fit with the character who's yeah. saying the line. Yes, yeah. yes. Just <laughs> I, so I, I just had a blast reading it. Yeah, me too. Um, what do you think of the artwork? Um, I really enjoyed the artwork a lot. Yeah, um, yeah not bad for. Um, not definitely not bad for a committee. Yeah, I was gonna say normally when you see you know three artists on a title, you're like, uh oh, yeah, oh no. But mm-hmm. yeah, really, you you wouldn't tell. You yeah, tell. I honestly couldn't tell. Um, which. Uh, it's fantastic. I think it, it's it's the kind of art that you want to see on a title like this. Yeah, definitely. Big and bold and clean and clean. Yeah, and crazy. And yeah, boring. it's not crazy like you can't see what's going on. Right. But you know, like oh wow, look at what they're doing here. So I really, I really enjoyed it, and I also, you know, I agree. It's, it's just really, it's really cool. Yeah, you know, it's cool. It's fun. It's funny. Yeah, it's got everything you need. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I. I more like this. Yeah, absolutely. More like this. Please. Absolutely. Between the, between Fantastic Four and Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Marvel's got some good titles. Oh yeah. They got some good titles that are worth that are worth buying. Absolutely. No doubt about I agree. it. Agree. How do you grade out Fantastic Four number nine? Um, I'm gonna give it straight eights. I think it's it's right. just it's a good example of what 
of Marvel's strengths, the things that they need to lean more into. Nice. All um, right. All right. I'm going to go um, – I'm going to do eight night, eight night girls out of ten for the story, seven night girls out of ten for the artwork. There you go. All right, my friend. And the next issue of Fantastic Four, Stephen, did you see? Did you see what it is? I saw it. The War of the Realms tie-in. Don't bring your war to Yancey Street. <laughs> yes. We'll be reading that, Stephen. Um, <laughs> Stephen's like, why? Speaking of the War of the Realms, Stephen, let's end this podcast, shall we, with oh, the War of the Realms tie-in issue. The Avengers numero ocho. This issue, Stephen, brought to us the words by Jason Aaron Art. Well, at least the pencils, Ed McGinnis. The inks, Mark Morales. The colors, Justin Ponzer. Stephen, we begin in Kensington, Maryland mm-hmm. at a school. History teacher's teaching away. History teacher. Kind of looks like a red-haired Clark Kent, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's obviously, it's none other than Mark Milton. Mm-hmm. Loves history. Loves teaching. And he's learning how to control his super hearing. Mm-hmm. I like this, Stephen, because it says how he's able to ignore people, uh, ignore the crack of um, the student's skin cells flaking yeah. off and the sounds of the, of the uh, dust mites skidding mm-hmm. across their eyebrows. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> Anyhow, he hears something in the distance, a yell, and he yells, Code Red, now! And suddenly, a Code Red drill goes off. So he's... Here's an advance. All the students go to one end of the school. He goes to the opposite end, rips open his dress shirt, mm-hmm. revealing the Hyperion <laughs> symbol. Very cool. I'm a huge fan of Hyperion. Yeah. Love that character. Then we cut to, and this is right outside, uh, this high school is outside of D.C. We cut mm-hmm. into D.C., Capitol Hill, and we see the House of Representatives, They're, the congressmen are being evacuated. We see Kyle Richmond, who is the House of Representative for District Columbia. His Secret Service guys say, to the tunnel, sir. He's like, I'm not going to the tunnel. They're like, yes, sir, to the car. Cut to him in his limo. His Secret Service guys are there. And they give him his briefcase. And they're like, do you need anything else? He's like, nope. They power down their LMDs, life model decoys. Mm -hmm. Briefcase is the Nighthawk costume. Kyle Richmond puts it on. Kyle's thinking how, as the delegate from D.C., he's the only delegate with no voting power. Yeah. Okay? And how normally people view him as the weakest member of the House. But they would be wrong. (laughs) Nice analogy to the fact that mm-hmm. Nighthawk has no superpowers, being the Batman of the Squadron Supreme, has yep. no superpowers, and so don't discount them. Yes. Then we cut to my second favorite character. Of course. Now, Steven's <laughs> like surprising nobody that Rock would like this character at all. <laughs> Power Princess. And she's like, her name is Zara Zarda Shelton, and she's in a little, doing a little MMA fighting, Steven, a little mm-hmm. MMA sparring. Yeah. And she's wearing an amulet from her uh, hometown. Well, home island, Utopia Isle, mm-hmm. and it dampens her powers. And without this, she wouldn't be able to feel anything. Yeah. And without this, the woman that she's sparring would break her hand every time she tried to punch Power Princess. Yes. And so then Power Princess hears Hyperion flying above her head. Mm-hmm. So she, boom, knocks out the woman one <laughs> shot and takes the necklace off. So now she's whoop, all Wonder woman up. Yep. And joins the scene. Then we cut to the blur at his job, Stanley Stewart. Mm-hmm. Man, so fast, even. He can work multiple jobs at the same time. He's like, <laughs> he's worked as a mail carrier, a window washer, a dog walker, a barista, and a computer programmer. Sometimes all in the same day. <laughs> and you see him hearing the news report about what's going on in D.C., and he's off. And then we cut to Joseph Ledger. He's a, an astronaut who found the little space power prism. Mm-hmm. 
he's Dr. Spectrum. Yes. And he's informed of what's going on in DC, so grabs his power prism and he's off. And then we cut to the Squadron Supreme of America in DC, all assembled, and Agent Coulson is there. And he's like, all right, team, this is why you're here. Go get him. Mm-hmm. And we see all the Frost Giants. And let me tell you what. Hyperion and Power Princes spring to action, and they just start boom, 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 boom. <laughs> They're flying like bullets, punching holes through all these Frost Giants and killing them immediately. Yeah. See, this is great because we see the Frost Giants just whooping butt in the War of the Realms mm-hmm. and beating up the Avengers like yeah. nobody's business. And to see Power Princes and Hyperion just going... Just killing all of them, like you know, no big deal. And uh, you know, I love Power Princess. Like this, oh, this reminds me of a cold morning swim back on Utopia Island. We should be naked for this, Hyperion. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, focus, Zarda. <laughs> Their lives are at stake, and she's like, not ours today, lover. <laughs> we can finally stop holding back. And so, and then Mark Milton's like, you know, I'm Mark Milton, and I love America. And then we cut to a lab, a government lab. Coulson's there with some scientists. And we see a naked Hyperion facing a naked Power Princess. And Hyperion's reciting his powers and his name. Power Princess is reciting her powers, her name. And she says, I love your American beer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Hyperion's like, you know, I'm the American dream. I'll fight for America. And then Power Princess is like, I'm from Utopia Isle, but I love America even more, and I'll kill for America. And Mark Milton's like, I won't let the country be taken from me. Power Princess is like, I'm the strongest woman in the world. I love beer. (laughs) (laughs) And the high parents like, my name's Mark Milton. She's like, my name is Princess Zarda, and I love Mark Milton. And then Hulk Colson's like, stop. Less love, more lust for Power Princess. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! (laughs) And I want her wilder, more arrogant, dangerous. Think Thor, but with boobs. <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't love this character anymore. Don't we? Don't we have that already? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. No. That's that's just think John Wayne. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um. So, so then they're like, start from the top, and then they start the programming again. Then we cut back to the fight in DC, and, mm-hmm. and Nighthawk is using these cool bombs he's made, these gamma grenades. Yeah. It's like that and he puts them all over the frost giant and the frost giant like blows into pieces from the gamma grenades. And while he's doing this, Nighthawk is monologuing, you know, you know I'll never conquer this country because after my parents died, instead of melting like a snowflake, I worked every night <laughs> I worked every night learning to fight and design weapons. I swear, oh my god, this is great. <laughs> He's like, that's why I'll never win because of me. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> and then we cut back to Nighthawk doing one arm push ups and doing like a little uh, uh, audio journal. He's like, hmm, sounds like, it looks like Hyperion and Zarda's love affair is artificial and manufactured. Seems like some of the weaker members of the teams are being mentally influenced by our handlers. I've never trusted Ross, and I trust Coles even less. I need to tail him, you know, tomorrow night, tail him, bug his quarters, let him think they're fooling me. But I'm, the Nighthawk is always one step away. And then we pan back, and we see that Coulson's watching him on his video screen. Yeah. And Coulson's like, good. Hold Nighthawk's uh, doubt meter at level eight. Jealousy, level four. He's best when he's brooding. Anyway, by the <laughs> way, make sure he dreams his mom tonight. It's like, dude, he just gets Coulson over as the... Because Nighthawk is being portrayed as Batman. Yeah. And Coulson's, like, even better than Batman. It's like, <laughs> I love it. Coulson is 
again, in wrestling parlance, he is book strong in this issue. Yeah. Coulson. Mm-hmm. Very strong. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we cut back to the fight in DC. The blur, dude, great use of power. Yeah. The blur creates like this tornado around a couple of frost giants and basically incinerates them blends them yeah right Ugh. like a giant tornado <laughs> blender i was like oh my god this is freaking awesome yeah. <laughs> this is awesome and then we cut to the past at some government lab and they've got like the clockwork orange set up for mm-hmm. the blur where they got the eyes open so you can watch all the videos and they're yeah. main lighting him all these a mix of jihadist execution videos and secret celebrity sex tapes from old shield archives what? What? <laughs> and so, and so, and uh, Colson's like, who knew Vision was such a freak in the sheets? Hashtag I did. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, and then, and so then Colonel Ledger appears, who is also uh, um, Dr. Spectrum. Dr. Spectrum. Yep. And he's like, I'm in charge now that Ross is dead. I'm in charge. I don't like torturing her. Like, okay, it's, one, it's one thing to torture you know, terrorists, terrorists uh, but not our own citizens. You know, shut this down. And Coulson's like, uh, doesn't this remind you of what your mother's second cousin once removed always said? And Ledger goes, it does remind me of something my mother's second cousin once said. What was that again? And Coulson's like, carry on, Agent Coulson. <laughs> and Ledger's like, exactly, carry on, Agent Coulson. And I'm like, damn! Did Coulson just Jedi mind trick him right there? Um, he did! He yep. just Jedi mind tricked him. And Blur's all like, more video, faster, 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 faster. He's all like cracked out. <laughs> yeah. Then we come back to the fight in DC. Dr. Spectrum is says, we got the Frost Giants are on the run. They're out of DC now. He's pursuing them across Maryland. And he's like incinerating a few stragglers. <laughs> and they got him through Pennsylvania now. And he's like, you know, meet me up here at Lake Erie. God bless the USA. <laughs> at this point, if we have to hear any more about Godless in the USA, I was going to go crazy. Yeah. I was like, I got it. They're very patriotic. Yes. Move on. Then we cut to Colson having dinner, Stephen. Mm-hmm. With someone who's red. Like, literally red. Yeah. And has very long fingernails. Yes. Gee, who is red mm. and has long fingernails, Stephen? And their dialogue is in red. Yeah. Who could that be? Mm. Hmm. And the person off camera is like, yeah, your squadron, your squadron Supreme of America is doing fantastic. And Coulson's like, yep, nothing better for making heroes than a war. And uh, he's like, by the way, do we have you to thank for this war? Mm-hmm. And the character is like, oh, the War of the Realms is outside of my sphere of influence. <laughs> and then uh, Coulson's like, well, nothing's outside of your sphere of influence. And as long as we win, I don't really care. And the character off panel's like, well, Malachis' force is going to be hard to beat. I don't know. You're going to have to need a real serious army to, to beat them. And Coulson's like, the world? I'm afraid the world isn't my responsibility. Just a little <laughs> part of it, the American part. <laughs> then we cut to the Squadron Supreme America have we chased Malachis' forces out of the country. They're now in Canada. Mm-hmm. And they're next to the signs says, welcome to the United States of America. And they're like, we saved America. And Power uh, Prince is like, we could always go after them and kill the rest of them, you know. And Night Hawk's like, They'll be in Canada soon, and we aren't Canada's greatest heroes. <laughs> okay. And so, and Hyperion goes, Nighthawk's right. We're the greatest heroes of the world's greatest nation, the Squadron Supreme of America. And then Colson radios them. Oh, sorry, Nighthawk radios Colson and goes, Hey, we've chased them you know, out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should probably start. You know, split up the squadron and hit the main population centers in New York and L.A. and attack the rest of them. And Coulson's like, 
I hear you, but really, I want you all to go to Ohio. It's what we call a battleground state. It's like, okay, uh, okay. I, with all the USA stuff and now mm-hmm. this, I'm like, I, I, I get it. Yeah. it what was funny at first mm-hmm. quickly becomes about as funny as you know, one fart's funny, Duh. but a multiple farts, that's just you're being a dick now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we come back to Colson having his dinner with the mysterious person and the mysterious person says well Colson you have your heroes you have your war and you have your life back as well is there anything else I can do for you <laughs> and Colson's like yes sir raise a glass with me to our future and we see it is Mephisto mm-hmm. yes and Colson goes to a red white and blue one future and Mephisto goes, indeed, they're mostly red, I hope. <laughs> oh, get it, get it. Yeah. Get it. Mephisto, yeah. Got it. Red. He's red. Yeah. He's Mephisto. Mm-hmm. Right. End of issue. Yeah. Steven. Avengers number 18, what'd you think? Um, wow. I... <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? No, I wasn't, <laughs> actually. <laughs> when I told you to read this issue yeah. and you saw the cover, you were not expecting that story. No. Yeah. <laughs> Because Steven's reaction, when I messaged him and told him what we were reviewing, mm-hmm. and he was like, really? The War of the Realms tie-in issue? Really? <laughs> really? Uh, and I'm like, just read it. <laughs> you did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. <laughs> wow. That's a lot to take in, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a lot to that story. <laughs> well, I mean... I. Okay, well, I don't know if it's a lot, but I felt like that was like a um, like they had taken all the things that are great about like '80s action movies yes! and it put shoved them into one issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought, wow, that was <laughs> honestly, I thought it was very, it was fantastic how much it was. I mean, they just the you know the punching through the giants and yes! then the um, the tornado the, blender, the tornado. <laughs> <laughs> the tornado blenders, the one-liners, oh god, the cheesy stuff about yes! America—that's so eighties. Yeah, yes, we should be naked right naked now. Naked right now. Wow. <laughs> I... <laughs> Thank Thor with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm I'm glad to see that they finally that. Instead of just taking, you know, the Colson from the show, right? You know, the good guy, whatever. Yes, I re- I really like this Colson. Oh, I love, love, love this Colson. <laughs> this Colson is awesome. Yes, he is. He's oh, he's a... so good. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want more of this Colson. Yeah, me too. For he's, real, he's he's a uh, he's one of those like really like great eighties villains. Yeah, the one who's totally in control of yes. everything. Who's yes. totally cool. Yes, just can't you can't break him. No, no. Mm-mm. It's 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 fantastic. It, you, it's know, you know what Colson could turn it out to be? Tell if me. Marvel's smart enough, which mm-hmm. well, no guarantee iffy, of that. Yeah. I know, that's, that's iffy. <laughs> if they were smart, though. Yeah. Colson. Look, you don't have Nick Fury anymore. No. He's gone. Yeah. You don't have S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. No. They're gone. Yeah. All right. Colson could become Marvel's Amanda Waller. Oh. Interesting. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's protecting well, the country. Right. But like Amanda Waller, if he's got to break a few eggs to do things, he's going to do it. That's true. Hmm. What do you think about Phil Coulson becoming Marvel's Amanda Waller? I like it. 
That would be cool, wouldn't I it? I really like it, yeah. And it would fill a vacuum since we don't have Nick Fury anymore. We don't have S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. And filling it with someone who's um, who is on your side. Right. But. Which you don't trust. You don't trust them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's fantastic. I, I would love for them to do that. I, th- I think it'd be pretty oh, great. I, I, I agree. And, um, you know, I, the Squadron Supreme is, for me, is an interesting little collection of characters because we, we all know what it is. Yep. It's the Justice League. Right, right, sure. But, so but fun. Marvelized. Yes. They're so, I've, I've always and, adored the Squadron Supreme. Yeah. <laughs> I've always loved them. They're fantastic. They've always been great characters. Yeah. And um, it's, it's so, I, but I, re- I really, it's, they, don't, they never come, well, I don't want to say never come across as knockoffs because, right. you know, it, there's been plenty of times in the past where... Mark Grunewald did an amazing job with Squadron Supreme. He yes. did. Mark Grunewald's uh, uh, Squadron Supreme story was mm-hmm. brilliant. Yes. Tr- truly worth reading. And um, um, I liked what Busek did with them in mm-hmm. his Avengers run. Yep, yep. Um, don't mention JMS, please. We're not. We're not gonna talk about that. No, no, um, let's forget that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to see them. I'm glad to see them back. But I'm. Yeah. I'm glad to see them in a way where it's automatically you know what separates them from the Avengers. Yes. Where they are. They have no problems with killing people. Yep. yep. They are very like folk. They're like they're they're like an actual military unit. Yes. That's right. Um. I like that um, they, I mean, they have their, their personalities of their own, but mm-hmm. they're also very, they're, they're being controlled by yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also, I just, I look at them and I'm like, I don't know how the Avengers are going to beat them. Oh yeah. They, they're heavy hitters. Yeah. Because I mean, well, at least the lineup that they have right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it just makes me think, wow, I think Jason Aaron really wanted to write Justice League, and he just <laughs> couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is his audition right. to write a Justice League title one day, and you know what? It, it yeah, we wouldn't get the the really cool no. sci-fi story that we no. get on Justice League right no. now. But you know no. what? If we would get this, <laughs> if this is what Avengers was every issue, oh my but God. with the Avengers, I would. Absolutely love it. I would prefer, actually, for Aaron to replace the Avengers with, with Squadron, Squadron Supreme, Supreme. Yeah, because I find them to be far more entertaining characters. Yeah, and that's the thing because this reminds me when he when he brought together like the can I just see of- Power Princess slap the spit out of Carol Danvers? Oh, let's do it. Uh, that needs to happen. Yes, it does. That needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Carol needs to know what a real woman looks like. Yes, Power Princess baby. Like hell yeah, <laughs> she is the shit. She's awesome. Yeah. I love all the characters. I, agree. I just yeah. I adore all the characters. They're sure. all fantastic. <laughs> I just it, but for me, Hyperion and Power Princess are just they're mm-hmm. just the <laughs> best. They're just the best. And how Aaron writes Power Princess is just perfect. Yeah. Is just perfect. <laughs> More of that. Yeah. She is so much better than how he handles She Hulk or Carol Danvers. It's not even funny. Yeah. That's not even funny. It's it's surprising. It I'm is, like, isn't it? Really? You didn't want to write one of them like that? I know. I mean, come on now. She's her own unique character. Yeah. She acts like a woman, but at the same time is like Thor with boobs. Yeah. (laughs) She's a very aggro woman. Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs) She is so cool. Yeah. Just saying. And uh, I mean, it just, uh, this issue reminded me of the last time we did one of these little weird interludes where um, 
it was when they assembled the agents of Wakanda, which I was like, oh god, what are oh, you gonna do? But yeah. then they had it was like, yeah, it was Kazar, yeah, and Brew uh-huh. and um, Gorilla Man, yes. and I was like, you know what? Why this not? This is actually pretty awesome. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So and, uh, more more like this, but with the actual Avengers, like, come on, right? Come on, the actual Avengers have no personality. That's the problem. Yeah. Everyone else has a personality yes. except for the actual Avengers. It's the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. Aaron writes when he writes the 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 uh, the Soviet Union team, the, the Yeah, the, the um the Winter Guard. The Winter Guard? Yeah. Oh my god, they're fantastic. They have great mm-hmm. personalities. Mm-hmm. He writes Squadron Supreme. Awesome personalities. Yep. He writes the Agents of Wakanda. Yeah. Great personalities. Mm-hmm. And then the Avengers. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Yeah. It's hoo ha, Carol Danvers, John, <laughs> John Wayne reporting for duty. And <laughs> hi, I'm Robbie Reyes. Hope something on the banana peel. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, what? And then yeah. Hulk smash. Yeah, she Hulk smash. It's terrible. Yeah, it's pretty it's, bad. How does he write everyone else so well? Except the actual adventures. I have no clue. It's crazy. I really don't. But, <laughs> but I'm, I, I love Namor's team. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's everyone but the Avengers. Aaron is doing a great job. Literally, every mm-hmm. character but the Avengers. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. It's, it's so weird. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't get it. But, but this issue is like a love story to 1980s action movies. Yes, it is. It really is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This. It's mm. it's fantastic. It's fa- and the art is fantastic as well. Oh, the art's gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous, gorgeous artwork. Bigger than than you could imagine. I mean, it's just looks larger than life. It's yes. it's just fantastic comic book artwork. <laughs> just awesome looking. And th- th- my only complaint, my only complaint at all with it is the USA thing was getting a little old by the end. It's like, oh, I got, yeah. they're patriotic. We 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 got it. Yeah. And that's enough. But other than that, it was fantastic. Yeah. And Mephisto, uh, surprising nobody. Well, Come yeah. on, when people come back to life and get all sorts of amazing things, who is it because of? <laughs> Mephisto, <laughs> come on. Kind of saw that one coming. That It makes the most sense. Yeah, it you does. <laughs> so, big thumbs up. Yeah, how do you How do you grade out Avengers number 18? Um, I give it straight eights. I loved it. I thought it was Oh, it was it was just a lot of fun. Like yep. that's it was showed that's all you really need on a title yep. like this is just be a lot of fun. Amen, brother. I'm with you. I'm gonna give the story eight night girls out of ten. The art seven night girls out of ten. Yep. All right. Yep. Excellent. Well, Stephen, imagine that we uh, did we once again, Stephen. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna alert you to a trend. I'm gonna alert you to a trend that's happened over the past several podcasts. <laughs> once again. Yes. We liked more Marvel comics than DC comics. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. That's a little shocking. <laughs> it may feel, uh, I feel a little uncomfortable right now. And on that bombshell, yeah. viva la revolucion. Poor Steven. Poor Wally West. <laughs> that was so uncalled for. Like, it really why was. would you do that? It was. <laughs> I just do don't that? understand. Why him? <laughs> of all, why not of, anybody of, else? Of all characters, why is that the one you? Yes, have to just... of all these lame ass characters you have sitting in that damn psycho ward house, why not one of them? 